Hey, everybody. Welcome to Squatch Talk. I'm Pat. And hello, YouTube. Hello, Anchor. Hello, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It's good to like have all you guys here tonight. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, we're going to have a good show tonight. Some interesting discussion. Back with us tonight is uh, Mr. Steve from Curious Cryptid, who was on our last show. And it's always good to have Steve on. He's an interesting guy. And then also we have uh, Brent, uh, who uh, is the first time I've uh, had him on the show. Uh, but he's got a lot going on, too. It's kind of it's going to be kind of a Pacific Northwest show, I think, uh, and all because Leon might join us later. And so we might have some surprise guests tonight. Uh, but, right. yeah, thank, thanks for tuning in tonight. I appreciate you guys being here. And, of course, you my uh, my panel, my little super panel tonight is Steve and Brent. How are you guys doing? Oh, pretty good. Doing great. Awesome. The snow up there, Brent. <laughs> yeah, none yet, but I feel it's coming. <laughs> yeah, I saw uh, my buddy Jay, uh, Jay Birch. He posted oh, some, yeah. some snow from up there, I guess, near, uh, uh, I, I guess he lives near like Mount St. Helens or something. I don't know, something crazy like that. Yeah, he lives south of Mount St. Helens, which is more su southern Washington state. I live more northern, uh, and Steve is kind of central-ish uh, type of area. But yeah, we're all still relatively close. I mean, what they get, we'll eventually get. We should get about maybe anywhere from three inches to a foot of snow, depending upon who you listen to. Oh wow, a foot! Yeah, where I live here in North Georgia, if it uh, if it snows two inches, it pretty much shuts everything down. So we're just yeah. not equipped. We're not equipped for it here. Uh, yeah, but it's fun. It's it makes it fun though. Everybody goes outside and plays in the snow and it's a good time so yeah um i don't know you know i didn't really have a topic to start with other than i i thought maybe we uh, i would just lead out and and talk about a couple of hoaxes which of course by next week anybody listening but uh, you know next week probably won't even know what we're talking about or it's already been forgotten right because the hoaxes come and go so fast Except when they get, sometimes they get regurgitated. Like, yeah, they get recycled yeah. every six to 12 months, yeah. That's and it's somebody true. Like, making the claims, too. Yeah, a year later, they'll get posted again. And Well, there's and always the true believers, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then it'll get shared around again, so it's almost like this re-spamming uh, of the same hoax. So, um, so, obviously, I mean, the two that have come out recently... Um, that have been shared around the most are the, uh, the tooth, the tooth DNA, um, that, that whole thing. So, uh, and you know, whatever, like 97% human or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then the, uh, the, the the dead baby Bigfoot. And I mean, that mean, both of these things right off the bat were pretty fairly obvious to me, especially the dead baby Bigfoot, which looked like a I mean, like screw that one. That, that just looks like a, a, a rubber doll or something. It, it was kind of, it was pretty fairly obvious, you know, well, that. I did. Okay. I, I didn't completely escape that. I did see it. I just didn't click. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even bother to proceed past the original thumbnail type of picture. I'm <laughs> right. like, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> obviously not going to be real. Uh, but I mean, we got the experience, but there's a lot of people that have fell for it and is continuing to fall for it. 
that's just the way it is. Yeah, and it's still it's still being passed around, obviously. Um, but so that one was that was pretty ridiculous. That was almost that was almost on the level of uh, Peter Kane. Of course, I'm sure you guys know who Peter Kane is. Who who is, does he does? He's not a hoaxer. He just does satire. Yeah, he's, he he does parody. Which the next yeah, the person you're going to talk about, yeah, yeah, the the next person that you talk about with the tooth, I think, is more aligned with that. It's not that he's out there trying to hoax the Bigfoot community, get one over us on us to show how stupid we are, or gullible. <laughs> I, I think he's just trying to make content for his his YouTube channel. You know, if you look at his uh, YouTube channel, he goes from thing to thing to thing, and he's got the skill level of making the lo- fishing lures and decorating them and all that fun stuff. So he's got the talent to, to kind of do that whole thing. And it's just, uh, I feel that that's more of like one of the low tier hoax type of things of pranking, hoaxing, like TikTok type of content. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I usually give people like that more of a free pass because they, they aren't asking for money or, you know, really trying to be nefarious about it. They're just like, Ooh, look at me. Yeah. Well, they're just it's... trying to grab clicks. Yeah. Or yeah, the... exactly. It... Making content for their, yeah, and being uh, being somewhat of a troll, like I, I, I even with uh, Peter Kane, like I always felt like he was trolling the Bigfoot world, and but then the the parody and the satire got like so ridiculous that I'm like, okay, this is just funny. You yeah, actually yeah. have an audience to to be funny, and the guy's kind of he's we're weird eclectic kind of comedian kind of guy, so. Yeah, yeah. It's just his humor. So I, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so I give him a, a total pass always. And uh, but even people in the Bigfoot world will fall for some of Peter Kane's videos, even the more absurd ones. So that's that's disturbing uh, to well, me. I, and well, the people that fall for it, I usually notice are usually within their the first year or so of their journey into the whole Bigfoot phenomenon of like of really exploring it. So I feel mm-hmm. it's like a, a lot of the noobs that are kind of getting, getting, uh, uh, you know, buying into that type of stuff. And that's why it's good to, you know, just have, uh, alternatives to show what kind of more is likely going on versus, uh, you know, that. Yeah. yeah. I, I was, uh, kind of attracted to the tooth thing when people were starting to try to criticize the letter and the, the funny thing to me was they were calling out the NDA in the letter. And heck, the, the NDA is probably the most believable part of the letter. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, I have talked to a couple of people who work in labs uh, with the idea of, of learning more about uh, how DNA work is done. Uh, all labs uh, presume... Uh, customer privacy. All labs operate on an NDA on their end with every sample. Uh, They assume they're doing law enforcement or medical analysis or things like that. And any customer has the same level of privacy. They will not share anything about a customer unless that agreement is explicitly amended either beforehand or some way down the road. Okay. Well, that makes sense. The lab may, at their discretion, choose to have some level of non-disclosure with the client, uh, depending on what's going on. They might not want exposure to a topic like this. Yeah. And unless unless they discover something interesting, then they're going to be all over the papers. Yeah, maybe. And that's 
that's an even bigger discussion that I would love to get into. But you're right. Initially, especially if they're used to working with any kind of law enforcement, uh, obviously that would have to be something that is they they just uh, sort of have an automatic mentality to, uh, you know, they don't they would never want to take a case that involved DNA and, and have it available to the public. It, that's all internal chains of evidence. Right. Right. So that's 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 automatic for them. Just boom. This is how we operate. And uh, and that's the other thing about labs is that people think you could just like, hey, I can go collect this thing. Oh, cool. I could put it in a tube. Oh, I'm wearing gloves. Yeah. You know, and like, uh, I don't know. I'm just going to take it to some DNA lab down the street from me. And it's like, yeah, most of that stuff is just deals with crime. (laughs) Like, you know. If you want to go to uh, take some, uh, something to a DNA lab that is uh, uh, like, say, environmental DNA or high, like high caliber species, you know, fossilization, like you better have 20 grand in your pocket because that's probably what it's going to cost you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just don't you just don't go throwing two test tubes to random DNA labs. Uh, and yeah, I think so- it's important. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So, so I have a friend from my uh, last uh, software engineering gig who is actually doing DNA fingerprinting of fungi of the Northwest. Uh, he actually does his PCRs in his DNA lab at home, which is the second bathroom in his apartment. And uh, he, he has a clean lab. He's, he's done experiments to show that contamination isn't an issue. He does all his PCRs. And then he sends it out to another lab for sequencing. Yeah, sequencing, which is not cheap. But with maybe with fungi, maybe maybe it's a little more cheap. But if you're talking about a, you know, bone marrow from a a, a femur bone you can't identify, I mean, good luck. Well, the sequencing is going to be more or less the same cost. Uh, the way things are done today is a lot easier than it was back in uh, the, the day when Ketchum was doing things. And it's, it's really more computing power now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm sure. The alignment, the alignment is relatively easy to do. So you go into the, I usually use the uh, NIH databases. I reproduced all of Dr. Hart's analysis uh, that, that he wrote about in his book. Um, I, I reproduced all of that using the National Institutes of Health database, got all the same results. You know, that's part of how science works, having people confirm your results. Absolutely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the important thing and the most lacking thing in Bigfoot research, because it seems like Bigfoot research, you don't need anybody else to verify it. You just need to go declare it online. You know, you don't even really need <laughs> yeah. to get it checked out by anybody. You just need to go declare it and poof, there it is. And then they get so emotionally, uh, uh, you know, defensive of their evidence that you can't even talk to them about it. Next thing you know, you're getting called a troll and terrible person. They're invested. Very. Emotionally. Emotionally invested. Exactly. And, and, you know, that's just the unfortunate thing because that's the the ass backwards way of doing things. You know, it's like I, I think that whatever evidence we collect, we should we should get as many verify you know quality people to verify what we're listening to or what we're seeing what we're you know to help build the you know um 
you know, the evidence. You know, I agree. I agree. And that and that kind of leads me to my next point about these two hoaxes that we uh, were just talking about is that, listen, people, if you see it on a YouTube video, it's that's not where people will post incredible findings of Bigfoot. Highly doubtful. Now, maybe somebody would. Maybe. But for the most part, uh, just the fact that it's on YouTube and it's extraordinary evidence, supposed to be extraordinary evidence, then that immediately should be a red flag. Because I'll tell you this personally, you know, if I get 20 minutes of footage of a Bigfoot tomorrow, it ain't touching YouTube. It, I, I'm not coming home and going, oh, God, I got to put this on YouTube, man. Like I'm selling I'm getting, the TMZ, man. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I'm selling the TMZ. I'll I'm, get the most, I, most of my money. Yeah, and, I mean, I'll get exposure. Well, here's what I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna do. If I if I capture something that I I uh, think is credible, uh, scientific evidence, uh, I'm I'm getting on a plane. I'm flying to Idaho. I'm strolling into Dr. Meldrum's office and plopping it down and going, now what? You know, like I'm taking that to. A, a higher place, you know, and, and and not just putting it out there to the Bigfoot world. Hey, look what I found. Look what I found. Um, take it to, or take it maybe like if you did find it, a, a, an actual Bigfoot tooth or an actual Bigfoot hand or whatever, right? I'm, I'm taking it to Emory, Emory University, like, you know, 50 miles away from me. One of the, you know, a high, super high education where professionals can examine that evidence. Uh, of course, I'm not going to take it to the police or the Department of Interior, right? You know, but uh, a place like Emory University, it would be safe. So same kind of thinking along the lines of like walking into Meldrum's office. So not YouTube. Why? You know, just just the way I think about that kind of like real evidence type stuff. Yeah, you know, you, you'd expect it to, to go through a proper uh, uh, process of, you know, the scientific method of sorts. But, you know, like I say, the Bigfoot community is the one that doesn't, that bypasses all that and just goes for self-verification. And, you know, it's mm -hmm. just uh, the important thing is, is people have to, when they're coming into the subject or when they're watching a video, they have to learn the tools necessary to properly vet out what they're watching, you know, like picking out those red flags. It's like, oh, well, he's not going to show us this. You know, he's not going to show us the paper. Or, you know, just every video has, you know, every hoax video has its red flags within it. Some of them mm -hmm. are very difficult to find if impossible to find, but, you know, they'll usually always expose themselves in one way or another. And it's just, I think, uh, it's just teaching people the tools necessary. Like, you know, I, was, I, I can admit when I got into this about five years ago, I, I knew nothing about investigation skills or and so it's, it's something I had to learn. It's a learning process as we progress into this subject. And uh, I think that's what should be focused on more as far as discussion with, uh, you know, helping people understand to give them the tools necessary to figure out what's, you know, what they're looking at. That's one of the things I'm trying to do with my channel is, is just share the observations that I do, share the notebook, share the analysis of sounds. I don't think I have a single Sasquatch sound in my field notes there, and, but I'm showing you how to go about listening to what's there and trying to identify it. And, and that's the important thing is, is what you're doing. And 
and oh, I'm sorry, I haven't had a chance to really get back and sit down and talk to you about that last one. It's uh, ever since I had the kidney stones, it's like it's just been like just been catching up and like yeah. been always behind. But I'm sorry about that. But uh, no problem. But, we'll uh, talk later. Yeah, uh, but you're absolutely right. It, it's it's just learning out or learning what you're actually looking at and not posting something online that which we hear all the time is it, it ends up being a coyote, but the person thinks it's a Bigfoot, but they won't back down that it's not a Bigfoot because they're so invested into the evidence. Yeah. Well, remember when you and I were standing there in Charlie listening to that coyote, what mm -hmm. the hell is that? Yeah, that was bizarre. It was like, I, you know, I've never heard a coyote make that particular type of sound and constant, you know, it's like, geez, what's it doing? Trying to probably get some or something. I mean, I don't know, but that was an interesting one, huh? was good. Well, it is because um, uh, from my experience with coyotes, the their language is extremely, uh, it's actually it, it, very complicated. You know, it, it, like, it, it is if you go on. Yeah. If I'm you just, go on Joe. Oh, go. Sorry. No, sorry. It's a little bit of a delay. Go ahead, Brent. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you go on Joe Rogan, uh, there's a guy who is a coyote expert and he just talks about coyotes. That's all he does. And he talks about how coyotes have a, over 150 different sounds that they make to communicate to other coyotes. Uh, and they're still learning those. So when somebody says, Oh, I've been in the forest my whole life and I know what coyotes sound like bullshit because this biologist is self-admitting. We don't know all the sounds yet. We're still learning them. And coyotes are a great example of what I think it's, uh, you know, uh, you know, people misidentified as a Bigfoot. Uh, kind yeah. of a big culprit. Well, it's what was fooling Brent and I was that most of the time, a lot of the time anyway, it's it sounded like a coyote, but there were a few times when the same tones were coming out and it sounded more like a shriek or a scream like the coyote was being ripped in two. <laughs> yeah. It, it, they are... Uh, they are funny sounding animals. Uh, I'd say one of the funniest sounding animals in, in at least uh, in, in the woods that, uh, that I go in, you know, here in this part of the country. And, and sometimes, man, if they're in a high position really far away, their weird sounds get stretched out, you know, through the sort of echoing through the valley. And, and that's what it, we were hearing. And it uh -huh. sounds, it that sounds like a Bigfoot howled me i'm like oh god that sounds like a bigfoot three miles away on a ridge top you know doing its thing it could easily be a coyote yeah it happened to be in the direction of the drive out so when i left brent to camp there on the drive out i rolled the window down and drove slow and got to the point where i was closest to the thing it was probably only a couple hundred yards off the road but from you know, a mile closer to where it was, it sounded like a coyote. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a, yeah. And the thing is the coyote kept doing it for like, what, almost an hour that night, just straight. It's like, that's what I fell asleep to pretty much was that coyote just doing mm -hmm. that. Uh, yeah. Sometimes they won't shut up, <laughs> which is annoying at two o'clock in the morning. I agree. And then there was that, that scream you woke up to at two o'clock in the morning which was the whole chorus, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the whole clan of coyotes going off all at once. 
Yeah, and that, it goes to show you the importance of audio collection while you're on an outing or in an area that you're investigating because that's how you find out what's going on in the area. You know, it's just mm-hmm. Ben has uh, been freed with Bigfoot Ops. You should have him on, Pat. Uh, he's a he's a really good guy who has who I consider to be one of the more legit boot on the ground Bigfoot investigators, like one of the more legit people that I've ever come across. And he's, you know, the way he does it, I think, is the way that we all should kind of be doing it in a lot of different ways. And and one of his big focuses is audio and, and the way he collects it. But more importantly, how he uses that data that he's collecting so he knows where to kind of generally be uh, where the Bigfoots usually are, you know. Hey. Hi, Brent. Hi, Stephen. How are you doing hey, tonight? I can't see that. He's always hiding. So he's mm-hmm. hiding behind the monkey, which makes you wonder what he's doing with his monkey. That is a juvenile <laughs> Bigfoot you're looking at. That is no oh. that is no mere monkey. Oh, is that the one that's posted? <laughs> the uh, dead juvenile baby? <laughs> that is, yeah, that's a, a three-foot-tall juvenile bi- Bigfoot. Oh, I have wow. I have a lot. Yeah, I could show you a lot more of that. I might pull it up uh, later. Um, so, yeah, welcome to the stream, Leon. Uh, good yeah, to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Pat. I, I, I just wanted to... Uh, I was just checking where you guys, I backed up the video so I could kind of catch up with what you guys were talking about. So I wanted to make sure I kind of knew what you guys were reacting about before I got online here. So, uh, yeah, yeah, uh. yeah. I mean, we we started out with, uh, you know, the two most obvious hoaxes in the Bigfoot world lately, the the tooth DNA and the, the, uh, the dead baby Bigfoot. And uh, now we just, we kind of plowed through that, some DNA stuff. And now we're talking about, uh, you know how easy it is uh, for some people, even maybe even some of us, uh, to misinterpret like coyotes because their language is so. Um, it's it's a big language they actually have. Well, I don't and, know if I uh, use the word language. Or well, yeah, maybe that's not the right word to yeah. use. Vocalization but, uh, is probably more appropriate, I think, for that. Yeah. So uh, how they talk to each other or. However, they are communicating with each other, and and um, coyotes can sound freaking weird. They they still weird me out when I hear them. Uh, camp when I'm camping and they come through the field and they're trying to flush out rabbits and they're hooting and hollering, you know. And it it almost uh, it almost makes me aggressive to be honest with you because it's so disturbing, primal right. to me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want these. I don't want them around me. You know, I, I mean, I always take my dogs out in the woods. So I got two little dogs. Uh, you know, they could easily get snatched up by a coyote. Um, so I'm I'm very protective and of my camp, no matter what it is, a, a bear or a bigfoot for that matter. Very protective of my camp. So, so your dogs are named Burrito and Chimichanga. <laughs> nope. There are two two chihuahuas that could take out an entire pack of coyotes in five. Well, what are you worried about then? (laughs) (laughs) I've all had issues with smaller dogs, especially chihuahuas. They uh, they're the ones with the biggest attitude. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, they are. And my um, my Irish chihuahua, my full blooded Irish chihuahua, is uh, uh, believe it or not, she tracks deer. She'll she'll track any animal. She could track a deer. She alerted me to a buck once. It was, uh, I was like, chihuahuas aren't known for this. So it's kind of a weird thing. But, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, yotes, yotes are a nuisance, obviously. You know, there's no yot season, not where I live. You can kill them whenever you see them, you know. 
know, you could do a whole YouTube channel uh, on Pat and the uh, the deer hunting chihuahuas. (laughs) (laughs) Get a a stellar soundtrack, music soundtrack to go with it too. That looks sounds very mysterious and stuff. (laughs) You see these little lake, right? She tracks all kinds of things. It's kind of weird. That's cool. So, um, I don't know, switching gears a little bit. um, How how much have any of you guys been like being out out in the bush lately? Too much snow, too cold. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Cascades are getting, you know, feet upon feet of snow. That's where yeah. uh, we usually do the investigations in the Cascade Mountains, and the it's the snowstorm now. Yeah. So the so the people that go out on the weekend and and shoot off their uh, their long guns for fun uh, have more limited areas, and everyone's getting pushed down into the same areas. The the last time I met Brent, there were times we could hardly hear each other over the gunfire. Mm-hmm. Not going to uh, be any squatches around there. Yeah. yeah. So, are you, what are you talking about? Uh, just recreational shooting? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the areas that one of the areas that we help in, uh, been investigate. It's uh, it's probably what about a half a mile or so from a shooting, uh, you know, a shooting quarry area. So it just amplifies that sound through the whole valley. So you know, it doesn't matter if you're half mile away, mile away. It sounds like it's like next door, pretty much. Yeah, wow. Friday night in the summer, it's pretty busy. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why I like. Uh, that's why we should go check out up in the North Cascades. You don't have to worry about any of that because there's no. It's so remote that you nobody's out there. Like, you know, on the firing range, there's no firing range out there or anything like that. So it's it's really cool, but nice and quiet. Oh, it's a lot quieter on Tuesday night too. <laughs> well, I I I think it'd be awesome if all of us can. Like I'll bring Nick down from Roskill's bushcraft as well, but we should come and hang out with you guys for sure because you guys are all in the same area, even close with Jay. And Jay did mm-hmm. offer us a free dinner, right? Barbecue dinner, so yeah, that's a bit of a bonus. <laughs> we, we could do a Bumping Lake investigation. Bumping Lake is east of uh, Mount Rainier, and it's one of a it's one of the Bigfoot hotspots in the Pacific Northwest, apparently. So I've been I've never been there, but uh, Jay actually wants to take me uh, and the girlfriend down. Yeah. Next, or this year to to go camping and stuff and uh so yeah it'd be great to to get like a big uh, little shindig going and you know because that's what i kind of want to focus more on this year is getting the right people together for these shindigs so we could uh you know really kind of find out and really explore what's going on out in the forest and stuff and make our outings that much more productive yeah as long as it's not like the one i went down to with the hatchet in one hand and the hammer in the other hand if you guys remember <laughs> i told you both i won't mention it but to the people sorry you guys watching <laughs> that was a shindig i went down to in the, in the united states and yeah not that shindig. <laughs> we won't make you squeal like a pig or anything down here <laughs> well I, I man that sounds like fun like uh, i it feel is, left out because i'm I'm a uh, I'm twenty five hundred miles away, man. Like, hey, uh, plane tickets are extremely cheap this time of year, you know. And and like, uh, so if you're ever going to fly, fly and do something, July July seems to be the best time for bigfooting, you know. Like according to Ben and a bunch of other people. And so if you're ever going to do it, July is is the time for sure. 
I thought Pat wasn't very big on the idea of uh, trying to get them to come in closer to the camp. Well, no, I mean, you guys, you guys were talking about, like, you guys were talking about cookout with Jay and, you know, so we could build a fire and just talk squash. Eat food, food, man. And just look yeah. for the eyeshine. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you yeah. fish, Pat? I don't, no. Mm-mm. Oh really? Oh, okay. No. How about gold pan? You gold panning at all, or no? No. No, I f- I found a gold mine, uh, a 150, 180 year old gold mine in mm. uh, North Georgia. Yes, it, it was a, a, a sluice mine. Oh, okay. Yeah, I made I made a video about it. I'll I'll send it to you guys. It was it was one of the, like the first YouTube content videos ever made. Um, it, it was an interesting find, uh, but uh. But yeah, no, the you know I love the camaraderie. Like I do, I go out in the woods because um, I enjoy the wilderness. I love being out in the woods, and uh, I, I don't go out there, you know, to try and uh, invoke, you know, encounters with them because I don't know what I'm dealing with. So that's just my own personal thing. I'd rather be out there having fun. So, so if I come up there, that's that's why I'm there, just to camaraderie and have fun. Yeah. But if they come in, not our fault. <laughs> if they come in, I'll shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. I'm not sure Maybe. about that either, Pat. Yeah. It's okay. it's it's okay. You, you got to worry about the other two or three that's alone <laughs> that's watching you. I'm like, it was him. <laughs> well, that's okay because you guys know I have a, uh, you know, I bought a uh, uh, 1996 version. I have a Predator drone with a uh, cape with uh, missiles and everything. So. With what? Missiles? You know, missiles. Predator oh. missiles. Yeah. Yeah. Predator <laughs> drone with missiles. <laughs> missiles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The tranquilizing guns. That would be better. Maybe. Or, or a gun that would set, yeah, pop a receiver in, or another receiver. What, what am I looking for, Steve? What's the word? Yeah. Uh, Transmitter. Transmitter into it. Yeah. That's a good idea. Set one up with that and just pop it on there. And yeah. The receiver thing. Yeah. All of it for maybe mm-hmm. a week. Need to pluck it out, or if it does, but yeah, I don't think they like anything pointed at them. Like it seems to me, like the general consensus is they don't like uh, they don't like anything in your hands. Like as, as soon as you have something in your hands, that's when they start kind of like getting mistrustful and look at you funny. Maybe uh, I think that's just my yeah, opinion. I, but, yeah. I think it. I actually think it's because and this is totally not truthful at all. That what I'm about to say is. They're the only thing that's allowed to carry a stick in the bush for tree knocking. And if they see anything else that has anything in its hands that's long, elongated, like a rifle, say, they don't right. like that. <laughs> these yeah, are our forests. We get to walk around mm-hmm. with these big sticks right. all the time just to make knocks. <laughs> okay, being a little facetious here, I think, but. Yeah, anyway, and, so, and so was I. And, and yeah, so was I, I when I, I you know, when I said I would shoot him. I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to kill Bigfoot. I would never shoot one. You know, it would take a lot to pull a trigger on any kind I'll of. Tell you, there, there are a few of us who are going to be watching as they come up to the camp. So all you have to do is run first. Like they say, you don't have to run. You don't have to run the fastest. You just have to run faster than the slowest. The slowest, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, <laughs> If we come down there and we and you guys have night vision capacities and stuff, and we do find something at nighttime, I will walk right over there to where it is. 
Load me up with cameras. You guys keep an eye on things. As long as it's not a bear. Uh, or I have a blue light night vision. I, I have thermal oh, that I like. Yeah, because that's what it, that's what it, that's what you got to do. You got to go check, especially if it sounds right. Like what Thomas and them has found out, checked out those yeah. really crazy uh, Shahalis calls and stuff. But and uh, I've already dropped dead five times, almost six times. So I've already worked that process outside myself, and <laughs> and uh, I'll probably yeah. still. You know, crap my pants on the way out there. But as long as I know you guys are watching me, I'll feel loved. The secret is adult diapers. Yeah, exactly. Depends. <laughs> and the ones that no will cool ever know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. How's well, your? Just, just make sure you have your cell phone on you so that we can track you uh, your GPS signal <laughs> as oh. it carries oh, no, you no, away. No cell phone out at Bumper and Glick. Yeah. Just follow the girly screams and crying you're hearing out in the dark. That'll be me. <laughs> Run away again. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, GPS does not rely on cell phone signal. That's a you know obviously satellite feed. Right. So, yeah. Well, actually, so we, your cell phone your cell phone will still track you while you're uh, you yeah, don't sure, have any yeah. cell signal, uh, but not to a great accurate degree. Yeah, I I well I have the rescue beacon. And uh, when I'm out there with my wife, we're usually uh, sending messages to my brother every now and then. When I'm out there on my own, I'm sending messages back to her every now and then. What brand That's do the you use? Uh, uh, let's see, InReach. What about you, Brent? You you carry one as well, or? Uh, no, but I lied to my mom and said that I did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're no, not no, sending. I don't, but I Yeah, I'm gonna piss my mom off too, man. She's gonna be like, "Rich, yeah. what are you doing going out there without protection?" <laughs> yeah, I get to yeah. all the time. Make sure you tell somebody where you are. Yeah, so it'll probably be like an inreach, but I want to get that before the next season really kind of starts up. Just uh, not have to lie to my mom anymore. Yeah. Well, also, get it a couple of weeks before you need it, so you can experiment and, and know how it actually works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Good insight, Steve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All, all, all you have to do is watch that movie. I can't remember what it's called. It's a true story, actually, uh, where the guy went uh, out into the canyons of Utah and got uh, his arm trapped oh, yeah. by a yeah, boulder. And he had to cut his own arm, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and his own arm off. All you have to do is watch that movie to go, yeah, I probably should at least let somebody know where I'm at well, <laughs> and when, I'm, when I should be back. You know? Well, check, check this out. There was somebody that was out hiking last year in one of these uh, alpine trails here in Washington, and he broke his leg, and he crawled the entire night on the trail hoping to find somebody all the way into the morning time. Luckily, the weather at night was warm. It wasn't wintertime or anything like that, and the weather was sunny and stuff, so he, he was fine, but... It goes to show you if conditions were different, he would have hunkered down below a tree or something and probably would have died. Mm -hmm. Nobody would have ever found him. And next thing you know, he's a missing 411. But, you know, it's examples like that why, you know, how important it is, especially if you're out there by yourself. You know, it's, uh, yeah, they're great tools to have. Yeah, it's important because you're like the example you just gave, it could be something very like simple that happened to you, like a, a slide, just a, a small trip. And, yeah. and yeah, the next thing you know, your leg's broken and man, you're incapacitated at that point, pretty much. Yeah, I'll, 
I was actually watching uh, this TV show, Naked and Afraid, uh, the other day, and this dude just fell, just a normal fall, and he, and he broke his knee or something like that to the point where he, he had to be eva evacuated, and it happened yeah. that quick. That's the nine of a fall that didn't even look that bad, but it did. Yep. <laughs> Why are you blocking yourself out, Pat? I timed you the other day. We were online with you the other day. <laughs> you realize you were actually blacked out for 24 minutes. What? Really? On on a live? On air? On live chat, yeah. You can yep. go back and pick yourself. I'm just ragging on you, you know? You're That's our fine. anchor, man. You're our anchor. <laughs> Well, I figured he just wanted Patrick and me to keep talking, and he just wanted to kind of step back from the table and let it go. Yeah, and I'm sm I'm I'm smoking. I try I try not like visually smoke on air, but it's my show, so I guess. Well, that's okay, I had one in my hand. I was about to light here, and I thought maybe I should black out, but I can't because he's blacked out. So I'll make him feel guilty. So he comes back online, so I can now black myself out to light my cigarette. <laughs> and always thinking, always thinking. <laughs> And speaking of Anchor, since you said Anchor, uh, now we're going to go quick message from our sponsor at Anchor.fm. All right. That's all I need for that. Right, no, yep. oh, okay. I'll insert it later. Go ahead, guys. Yeah. No commercial. No commercial for us. We could have done backup for you on that one. We'll fix that in I could do a Depends commercial or something. I don't know. Whatever you want. <laughs> It's okay. We, oh, well. I, I, so I have a, so this show uh, goes out to uh, audio podcasts as well on Spotify, Apple podcast, uh, anchor.fm and several others. So um, I, that, that, you know, I have, I have ads for that. It's no, you know, it, it is what it is, you know, no, no big deal. Anyway, let's talk Squatch. So did anybody find one yet? Did, did I miss something? Did somebody find a Bigfoot? We'll go on YouTube. We'll find a lot of people. Claim they have. <laughs> yeah, I understand the best traffics, uh, the best tracks of 2021 are in Leon's uh, driveway right now. Of course. <laughs> of course they are. Oh, it's Steve. Yeah, I have the I have the video done. Thank and Steve, thank you for chatting the other day last week because I was certainly blocked on that one. But uh, something what we talked about and whatever you said, it took, went in and it got me to get it done. But uh, there's parts of it. You guys were talking about this before too. Is and we we chatted about this. You know, to have the posts mm -hmm. and what you declared, and and you go up there and it's not even close to being correct. Is that a hoax? Or bad investigation, but there's no investigation because when you're wrong across the whole board, other than taking the narrative from the witnesses, the yeah. witnesses you can blame. You're doing the investigation. Is that a hoax? Is that a deliberate hoax? Well, well there's a couple of kinds of hoaxes. I mean, people self-hoax. They 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 get themselves emotionally and intellectually primed, and then Guilty. whatever happens is Sasquatch. And uh, and then there are the people who are go out going out and deliberately trying to mislead for whatever reason. Well, well I think that's that's uh -huh. the visual frustration of this whole this, the whole slow can thing is his declaration he made. Yeah. Oh, are mean, we talking about Matt Moneymaker or the actual yeah, people yeah. who found it? Yeah, we're money talking maker. about money, money maker. Okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, he actually made those declarations and. 
And, and I guess that's the struggle part. I mean, the other thing too, is I'm making sure that everything I say is exactly as precise as I possibly can when I put the video out tomorrow. And, um, the third video is the better one. I, that's when we're back. We're actually on site, but I actually made a, a mini video. I think it's five minutes long. I tacked on the end of this one so people can get a taste of what we're doing out in the bush. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's uh, you're sitting there thinking, first of all, do I want to even post this because I don't want any of the crazies to come after me kind of thing? Not that I really care because I'm basically shifting everything I'm doing. Uh, or do I post it for the sake of education and also accountability on his side? Um, that's why. The, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's actually educational purposes. So it is, it's, I, I think that's the most important part, Leon. Yeah. Um, we have to learn not, from our not, mistakes. Yeah. Up, yeah, and I'm not trying to do the video up as, uh, you know, attacking. But it's piece? something that was actually... It, it, a what? Oh, it's not... Brent, a, you're not doing a hit piece? piece? Yeah, you're not no, doing I'm not a hit piece? To do a hit yeah. You're but just trying I'm to sure show people... Well, it's unfortunately yeah, I, you're you're reviewing the facts that you found, and the facts you found are in complete conflict with what the leader of a very popular investigative organization in this topic has said. Yeah, yeah. Well, a key part too, if you actually go on your own, like, because we all go out in the bush and stuff, and we use a lot of the reports off of BFRO. Pull up your BFRO uh, pointers that you have on your own page, like on uh, Google Pro Maps or whatever, that all your sightings and their sightings that you actually put in there because you're trusting them as a trusting source. <clears throat> and then pull them all off and then see the difference in the data, just the, the data missing off your map. And after five years, you've been collecting data from that source because it's supposed to be a trusting source, putting that data on there to form a hypothesis. So now all right. those one have to be vetted now the bonus that we have done is we've or at least i should say i uh, but i say when i say we i'm always talking about the group of us that go up but uh, it's usually me doing the, the this kind of stuff so um but um I, that's 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 the most it's a systemic problem in the bigfoot community you guys were talking about before i got online here we got to learn how to vet data and people got to stop being so bloody sensitive about when we're talking about this kind of stuff as if it's a personalized thing. We're talking to them at home while they're watching this. This is not at all our position here. Our position is to somehow educate people, uh, help their thinking process, uh, show them what we're supposed to be looking for. And, uh, and, and Steve, again, I always send you accolades in regards to, I mean, I'm a talker for sure. I speak a lot publicly for sure, but you have a much higher capacity to structurally formulate sentences that are very systematic in point form so people can follow your thought process, which means it produces a unique thought process capability for themselves because they've actually heard someone talk the way you talk. And uh, that's important uh, because that, that makes people have a capacity when looking at evidence to also very systematically, after you hear people the way you share your ideas and thoughts, how to think about things instead of just thinking and saying kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But and that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. You know, and you're doing it very well, I think, for sure. Very much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, too, uh, talking about that, too, man, have you guys noticed how many people are, how many channels that are coming online that are actually quality wise for videos and stuff? It's certainly a lot up its game. Like I got so many different videos that I've come across now from different channels that seem to be popping up and other people. I don't even know what to post on my page. 
because sometimes you get one day comes by and you got five people that have posted all great stuff that you want to post. And then the next day it's almost the same kind of thing. And then you want to like, I can't, I, I can't, I, I, I like, so I post Steve, I post you, Brent, I post Justin from Mountain Beast Mysteries, you know, Thomas's stuff. And then I post my own stuff and it's like the feed just goes down. So nobody gets a chance to see anything because the, 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 the menu is too long, I guess, you know, you want to kind of let them digest yeah. a little, and then a couple of days and then digest a little bit and then, or even yeah. carry documentary he did which was you know it's he did a really nice job on that one too so i could have yeah, actually just Sorry, yeah that's the thing is that you know like if you get too much uh too much posting the saturation then yeah things get bumped down uh so it you, you kind of have to do some math how big's the group how big's the page like how many people are watching uh and then you sort of adjust your postings from there and of course you could always pin something at the top if he's like hey i want to make this the most important thing that's you why know? steve's on the top of our page yeah because <laughs> his narration for the scientific method in sasquatch that's exactly i want that in my head a thousand times every time i see that video that that's a good video yeah because it really I, does i don't care like if i'm talking about technical technical side of society or spiritual side of society you want to have a little bit of critical thinking. You don't want to just buy into every crazy idea because you're in. You're going to end up in a crazy place. Yeah, and cra and and crazy ideas. Uh, it affects your life in general. Yes, it doesn't make you solid in regards to being like mm. solid, meaning that you're less fearful, you're less anxious, you're less afraid. The more solid information and thought think process you have capacity for. Uh, it makes you feel more comfortable in your own skin. And I think uh, the rampantness right across, like, again, we were talking about this quite a few times too, which is the the low resolutional thinking, the programming that's happening to people's minds from YouTube mm -hmm. and their five second commercials is making yeah. people not have the capacity, have long attention spans to really focus on things. So um, like the video, the, the fourth video, when we take you guys on site and show you slow down, do not go right to where the tracks are. That's the last thing you do. You do a perimeter, everything, and then you move towards them. But you control your entry in there and you control the whole thing. But a lot of people, like again, oh, there's a structure. Run over there to the structure, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, open, you open up the whole area and it doesn't have to be by that much. No, 500 yards, say. But if you're if you're pretty safe to know, like when we were up there, we kind of basically knew what we were going to be finding. But uh, you still do it the same way either way, uh, and that's the way to do it. You got to slow your process down because that excitement of that uh, your, your biasness is going to just oh look there it is, and then you start filming, then you start narrating, then you're finding people at home, and then they just yeah and you get start emotionally invested into what you're doing too so you, it makes it harder for you to back down when you come to a critical analysis of what you're actually presenting that's the worst part right there well it is you have to be skeptical you have to be skeptical of yourself sometimes um oh you got and, to it's so difficult yeah. to try and stay grounded of because i do a lot of exploring in the woods and it's really hard to actually stay grounded to not get primed up by what's being told to you by all these various people that you're going out with that claim all this different stuff. And, and so it's really hard to actually 
keep that skepticism because I can find myself getting taken along with the story, so to speak, and it hasn't been verified type of story. And, you know, so that's, that's just one of those things, I guess, you know. Well, the, the, the evening August 27th that I have on, on my channel, uh, three whoops, two, two tree falls and a, uh, and, a it was originally a spotted owl. My wife misidentified it. Uh, it was really a barred owl. But uh, I've done a lot of solo camping. And unless there's a storm, unless there's wind, you just you really don't have trees fall over all the time. It doesn't really happen very often. And we had, we had two trees fall down within about 70 yards of our camp in one night. A little more than an hour apart. Now, I don't know what caused those trees to fall down, but the fact that one was in that direction and the other one was in exactly the opposite direction, about the same distance away, feels like it has intent. And it's kind of hard to shove that back and remind myself, okay, I don't really know why those trees fell down because I'm, I'm not seeing anything in the thermal. I'm not seeing anything move around the camp. Hmm. So Steve, did you actually get to the location where the trees fell? Uh, we we tried going talking? down in there uh, once. Now, unfortunately, shortly after that is when the wildfires were breaking out and the smoke was so thick down here and i didn't i didn't necessarily like the idea of going out into their uh their place with all that smoke going on i don't know how they're going to respond to it uh my wife doesn't get around so well with the heavy smoke but the other problem is there's there's a lot of fallen trees out there um we, we did a little bit of a search path and we found a lot of downed trees, but they were all downed a long time ago. And you could tell that, that by the condition year? of the wood. Was Say that again? last summer? Was that last yeah. summer? Yes. Well, if we were down there this day. summer, we should be able to go down there and check them out too. That would be good. Because you can yeah. still you'll yeah. be able to see that. Yeah, because maybe the, you the find a cell phone that fell out of my pocket. Mm. <laughs> Wow. I, I, I gifted the big <laughs> guys a cell phone. <laughs> Hi, Daniel. Yes. Hey, uh, how you guys cool. doing? <laughs> welcome, welcome to the uh, show, Daniel. My buddy, thank you, thank you. Daniel Benoit, tonight. <laughs> uh, so now he's with us. Um, were you able to catch any of the show, Daniel? Uh, no. Uh, no, I was just focused on driving. There was too many accidents to on the road to pay attention to, you know, <laughs> track and trails overturned everywhere on the way home. I was just coming from my girlfriend's house and kind of spending an early Valentine's day with her since I, I probably won't be able to be there Sunday. So. Right. <laughs> well, it, if, uh, if a tree falls over in the woods and you're there to hear it is a Sasquatch. Hey, did yeah. you, did yeah. you see a Sasquatch? Hood? <laughs> I uh, actually, I actually on a on I think five different occasions I had widowmakers fall really close to me, you know, like really big branches, and I actually have one recorded and it's on my channel. Of uh, mm. you can just hear the snap and it's just this big crush or crash type of thing. 
but that is on a windy day too. So, all right, well, you like know. next next year camp, or just random in the woods. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's always been within fifty yards of me. It's it's been like uh, three of them I know are were confirmed widowmakers, and the other ones were just branches that just fell. Yeah, probably widowmakers. Not like it was thrown at me, but scary yeah. as shit when you're by yourself. That is, that is. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I can imagine. I had a scary incident once with, with talking about trees breaking and cracking. Well, it, it was an area I was actually camping in. It's a, it was an area I wasn't really familiar with. Uh, I was introduced to it by an old timer friend of mine, and uh, he spent years in that area camping and everything. And I've learned some interesting things about that area. But the one day I decided to be brave and camp down in this area and Trust me, when I say it's remote, it's remote. There's no houses in there. I mean, you're over, you know, you're down over in this hollow between two big mountains. And and I tell you what, he did tell me at nighttime it gets eerie around there because you got the static of the sound of the static of the over power lines. And in the evenings, the moisture and everything comes down, it gets real foggy. And then when it gets like that, the cool air settles in. The sound of the, you know, he, he nicknamed it Whisper and Hollow. Well, well, anyway, there was uh, one time I was camping there, and I during the daytime, I explored during the daytime, hiked around, and, of course, you know, not knowing the area, I stayed close to camp. And uh, there was a couple incidents, probably around 9 o'clock. I'm sitting there, got my tent and everything, everything set up, got my sidearm next to me, spotlight, you know, I got a few other lights. I got my camp pretty well lit up in the area, you know. Now, while I'm sitting there relaxing, just kind of listening, taking it all in, dead silence. There's no, There has been no wind all day long. And then somewhere off to my side, not far behind my tent, just off to the side, I hear this loud crack, and it put me on edge. I was like, what the heck? And I'm thinking bears because I know – from what I learned, there is a lot of bears in the area. You know, I didn't know if a bear was roaming through the area and decided to want to play on a tree and crack something. So my first initial thought was grab a couple loud buckets or pay whatever I had and start banging, making noise. Because you you can't see far around you because it's so foggy and it's thick around there. So after banging for a while, I kind of settled down a little bit, got back into my chair and sat back down. Maybe between five and ten minutes later, I hear a much louder crack, but this time it was directly right behind me. And all of a sudden I said, all right, something's playing with me. Something's, something's around here and it's, it's not going away. First thing I do, I grab my spotlight in one hand and I grab my side on the other one and I'm holding it, you know, and my spotlight, it could only see so far because like I said, the, the fog was so thick and, and here it is, and the spotlight wasn't even staying on. Apparently, I didn't have it charged up enough because when you pull the trigger on it, it would light up for maybe 10 seconds and go drop off. And I'm trying to yell. I'm like, hey, you know, just making noise, you know. I can't see nothing. And I just kind of panicked, freaked out. I, I don't know what it was. Could have been a big bear in the area. You know, I wasn't going to wait around for it to walk, sneak up on me. So, again, not knowing this area and not familiar with the area. I just grabbed my most valuables of food in my vehicle and got out of there. <laughs> it came oh, back two weeks ago. Aborted, huh? You just bailed. Uh, wow. This particular area. Yeah, it was right on. I was way 
deep in the woods. I was on the West Virginia line. This is nowhere near my main area. Uh, like I said, I'm not familiar with this area. But um, so, I mean, because one of the stories I heard from there, it, uh, the guy that introduced me to that camp spot, uh, he's had a young couple that came by that were leaving out of their camp. They happened to sp spy him camping there one day and told him that why they were leaving. They had a bunch of big, large rocks thrown into their campsite and heard something screaming. They never saw nothing, but they didn't know what was throwing these big rocks into their camp. Ooh, so they packed yeah. up and got out of dock. And that was not that was right around the corner from where he was camping. So I, you know, all these thoughts are running my, through my head. I say, is there an aggressive squatch around here that, that doesn't want me here, or is it a bear? Because I did camp there once before with that, with my old time buddy there. Now we did hear a big grunt. And when we heard that, I was like, what the, he said, that's a bear. That's what made me think there was a bear around when I was by myself. Cause we did hear a grunt the day me and him camped together. And uh, we banged, like I said, we banged a bunch of big jugs and buckets and, and it was cool. You know, never heard no more after that, but I'm hearing two cracks behind my camp, you know? So, well, I don't know. What am I supposed to think? <laughs> you know, I'm in uncharted territory, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I freaked out. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not afraid to admit to that. So, but I got out of Dodge. Like I said, when I came well, back I two weeks later, I would want yeah. some more detail from that couple. Uh, yeah. Were, were they rocks that were this big or rocks that were this big? <laughs> Be honest with you. I believe they were anywhere from sizes of softballs up to almost a football size. And I'll, and the reason I know Wait. that, because my buddy there, he said he went, he, he went to the camp. He investigated that. And keep in mind, this guy is a skeptic. But he believes there's something out there. That's the way he looks at it. And now, with that being said, he says right there where their camp was, there is a hill. It goes way up to a ridge. Well, he went around the backside where he could climb up it. And he got up above to where he was above their camp. And he looked and looked and looked. And he came across a section where there was some stones up there. And he did, he did say he saw where you could see where stones were misplaced, where you could see where they once were. And um, he said he took one that looked about the size of what was missing and tried to throw it down towards their camp. He said he threw it the best he could. He said it maybe got maybe halfway there yeah. and rolled and rolled a little bit. And he did say this guy, I used to work with this guy too. And he's on my Facebook. We, we chat, we chat every once in a while, but he says, Daniel, he said, when I was up there up on that Ridge, he said, I did hear a scream myself, but it wasn't close. And, I said, well, how did you, how would you describe it? His exact words, he said, he said, it sounded like a freaking monkey. I said, what? A monkey? <laughs> that's the way he described. It. I swear, that's that's the way he described it. You know, the guy is sixty five years old, so you know, maybe I don't know, you know. So, <laughs> but I was going to ask he, you. Oh, are, yeah, sorry, great. Daniel, are you, are you down no, there? No, you're fine. Oh, that's okay. What's it? I'm just a little curious. bit. Sorry, a little bit of delay. Everybody remember, we kind of on walkie-talkies here. Yeah. Go ahead. Over. Roger. Yeah. Right. Do you guys got areas that it's always, you know, you cover quite a big area usually when you're out there looking at stuff, but do you have certain areas that every time you go into the area, you get the willies? Yeah, there's one particular area I've been in that's like that, but it's not all the time, though. There's one area... We're actually where I hit this is another whole different area. Um, sometimes I, I used to walk up this narrow trail. It goes all the way into the woods. And the further you get back, the thicker 
the the foliage gets and the trail gets narrower and I've walked up that trail numerous times, but there's a bone maybe once or twice I've ever walked up there where I felt like something was there, you know, but, uh, yeah, but again, that's not often. Um, well, one particular moment, uh, walking up across through the woods from my main camp area, I was walking quite a ways. And when I got up to another Ridge and walked out to this old trail, I got up there and I was I just standing there and, and then I wasn't there that long. Um, and then all of a sudden I hear another, I hear, a, I hear a tree crack or oh, well, more of a limb snap, but I could tell it was up high. So my first initial thought, Oh, I'm looking up in the air. Cause you know, it might be a bear coming out of a tree. Cause I've had that. I've seen that happen. I've heard what it sounds like when a bear comes out of a tree fairly close to you. But if there was a bear in the area, I never saw it. But I was I was on alert that day because uh, I was up there by myself and I hear the crack and I'm looking up, looking all over. <laughs> I said, all right, let's keep move, moving to stay on the open trail. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, it's not it's not about areas uh, like where it always happens. It's just it's it's just when it happens. It's kind of yeah. weird. Well, there, there's an there's an area that uh, back up in the North Cascades on 2019. Every time I went there, there was a single wood knock, and I took some people out there this mm. just to go. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. That's all that would happen the entire time there during you know our either day outing or overnight outing. Uh, but when, when I took a group of people there, it was myself, another uh, two other guys, and a and a lady. And so I took them to this particular area. And we would knocked with something back and forth in the woods. Now, granted, this is like very remote. I, you know, you, you can tell who's coming, who's going. It's just, it was a really unusual experience because it's like what will wood knock with you back and forth. And it, it was, uh, it, it was awesome. But it was one of those areas where you'd kind of go to and you'd have like that, uh, that cool vibe to it. Not scary, but. That, that cool magical vibe to it and you know sometimes i don't ever since uh like that following winter there's been really nothing in that particular area as far as activity because there's also a video that i have on my channel of of something shadowing us in the forest and it's uh it's it's i it's honestly if i think bigfoot's anywhere that's where they are in these type of areas yeah that's interesting um because up there, Brent, I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, the vastness of the, those areas that you're in. So you're, 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 you're citing like a specific area in, you know, the woods. But I would imagine you might could probably walk through the woods a thousand miles, literally to the north of that, like, and never even hit a town, you know, like, so like... Uh, yeah, you really wouldn't. And the thing is, it's like a lot of these areas back here, the Pacific Northwest is a jungle. Uh, so it's really hard to walk through the woods unless it's, uh, you know, uh, more an older forest that has bigger trees. It's, it's really hard to walk through the forest. You really have to stay on game trails because of all the deadfall and, and, you know, broken widow makers, the widow makers up here in the Pacific Northwest are like a tree itself, and they'll easily kill you and, and hide you and, and all that fun stuff. But it, there's there's areas where where we go, you know, that people don't go, you know, I mean, you know, like back up in the hill area, you know, because we can only do so much in a certain amount of time and, and whatever. But there's areas where people don't step foot for decades, you know, and it's just 
I'm sure. Yeah. It's just it's just so vast and remote up here. It's insane. Yeah, and, and the forests we can reach easily now are not the forests that the settlers came through. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, lo- you look at what we can hike to easily, and you can't imagine bringing a Conestoga wow. through that sort of forest, but that's not the kind of forest they brought those through. Mm-hmm. Right. It, 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 it's a younger forest that just has so much obstacles and uh, but you, you know, it, when people say that there's no place for Bigfoot to hide, it's just like, it's, it's one of those absurd observations that, uh, is, isn't yeah, really yeah, especially when they can hide, you know, literally 10 feet away from you if they wanted to and probably not even know they're there. Yeah. There was this one time I was, I was like walking down this game trail and I, I stopped in this big open area and I was just surrounded by the, the tall ferns that we have. They were up to my waist. And I was, and I had one of those moments of clarity. It's like, what the hell am I doing? It's like, they can easily just sneak up right around me on all, you know, I just like expect all these Bigfoots to stand right up. You know, uh, uh, those are raptors. You've got the wrong movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just see this little tail coming. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Talking about tall ferns, yeah, you know, here in Virginia, the East Coast, I know it, it's nothing compared to what you guys have on, the, you know, the Pacific Northwest. But there's some areas I've ventured into. Uh, I was surprised. I mean, there's areas out there. The veg- vegetation is very healthy out here. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there's some areas it looks like a jungle. I mean, I've encountered ferns. I yep. walked up. I like up to, I'm talking about up to my chest. And if you take them and extend them, stand them up, they actually are taller than you. But the way they overhang when you're standing up to them, yeah, they're between your waist and almost up to your chest. And in those kind of areas, I, I find them very fascinating because, like, that's what like what Brent was saying. I kind of look at that as, like, yeah, I, I get that same thought or feeling. Like, yeah, I could see them being in here. Because if they're intelligent, if they know anything about ferns, because I'm sure they know what's edible – Fern, the, the root of a fern is edible, even for us. It might be a little bitter, but ferns are edible, you know. It's one of the vegetation, and that's one thing I keep in mind about ferns, you know. So, well, uh, we have something up here called slough, which is, uh, which I just recently learned is, has multiple benefits on it, you know, ap- appetite suppressant and stuff. And, uh, you know, so it's it's another food source there for you. What, what so, kind of blade you got there? This is a machete? Uh-huh. So uh, it's legit machete. And so up here and even in North Georgia, uh, we live in a tropical environment. And I'm not kidding you. During the summertime, if you're going to go off trail, you got to have one of these. You have to. Yeah. Um, I tell people all the time, it's so weird, the di- dichotomy, the difference. Um, it is, it's Vietnam in the summer and it's yep. Hiroshima in the winter. Uh, because the canopy just drops all like, except for the thick mountain laurel and stuff like that. Yeah, um, that stays year in round. The, yeah. In the in the winter time, you can walk through the woods. You don't need this at all. In the summertime, if you go off trail, you cannot go in, off trail without it. You just you can't work your way through the woods. It's impossible. Yeah. When we yeah. went out to uh, try to do a search for that second tree that went down on August 27. Uh, I did have a GoPro on and uh, I did record that with the intent of, you know, another open notebook entry. And for the most part, I decided it's 
probably not worth it. It's mostly about 45 minutes to an hour of me cussing about not being able to get through the brush that was as tall as I am. But to, to show what the Northwest rainforest that uh, we're looking at down there looks like, maybe I ought to actually put some of that video up because the, yeah, the, the, the ferns and the stinging nettles were as tall as I am. And <laughs> yeah, devil clubs, those are yeah. nice. Yeah, I always, I, 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 just to be clear, guys, I've never been to the Pacific Northwest. Um, I've been to Northern California. That's about as far as I've been. Um, but I always think of the Pacific Northwest is like, uh, ever, you know, evergreens that are kind of spread out, like you know, twelve, fifteen feet apart. But At I one I guess, time, yeah, yeah, one time probably. But, but it's, it's not. You're saying it's not like that up there. No, a, lot of not. a lot of it under- was logged off a hundred years ago and it's grown back, but it's not a natural forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what state is, is it Washington state or is it Oregon? What, which one has those big giant trees that are like probably redwood? 30, 40. Oh, redwood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's California. Northern yeah, California. California. Oh, Okay, I, for yeah. some reason I kept thinking uh, further north than that. Okay. Well, we have hmm. them, we have them too in the cathedral forest. So usually this form of cedar. I up here, anyways, the cedar tree. But yeah, we have. Yeah, they they do go. Uh, the redwoods go. Uh, they do go way north of California, but not yeah. in not in the the same kind of uh, density or hmm. like they yeah. they require a very special uh, condition to to grow actually and thrive. Um, yeah, the, I, th- I think it's uh, dependent upon the wood you're going after. It's like a, a 40 to 60 year cycle for the loggers to come in and, and clear the particular area out, uh, usually with that. Uh, so the for- some of the forests that we go into, it was logged 40, 50, 60 years ago. Yeah. And it's just now growing back. And what we're having to deal with is, uh, I mean, it's really summer or winter going off trail. is It's very, very difficult it's like it's you'll you'll you know you can easily just break a leg you know with having one of those false grounds there and your leg just goes in it's yeah it's it's, it's not the most ideal but that's why following game trails and stuff is the way to go. yeah actually i just located my ankle but <laughs> same thing <laughs> yeah yeah it's, what interesting no. oh i'm sorry go ahead, go ahead uh, like no oh. you go ahead david Go ahead. All right. Yeah, I was just going to make mention one one little interesting history fact about like my general research area. And keep in mind, it's the it's a, it's a part of the George Washington National Forest here in Virginia, and um, and I I can't speak for the whole national forest, but I know in the general area where I go into, over a hundred years ago, well over a hundred years ago, this well actually no, excuse me, I take that back. Actually, in the early nineteen hundreds, so it probably is about a hundred years ago by now. So. Yeah, but um, yeah, early 1900s. That there used to belong to. It used to be part of it. Used to be farming, and they used to do logging and farming there, until the state bought it over and started turning into you know replanting uh, trees. And there is an area I discovered out there. I don't know how uh, how active it is, but it's actually an old cedar fenced in area. It's got cedar posting all around it and barbed wire around it. And uh, I've actually. They actually have a gate there. It's, it stays locked, but it's out in the middle of the woods. And uh, But they actually do tree growth experiments and stuff with certain trees and see how they take out there. Oh, but, like uh, green trees? 
Yeah, that's cool. What's it? Yeah, it's like a lot of them are just small. Like some some of them are small. They didn't really take. They didn't get but so big. But um, but most of the area, yeah, a majority of the areas got a lot of you know pine growth in there. You know, and um, and it depends on what part of the area you're in and that you're exploring out there. Uh, yeah, a large majority of the areas got a lot of hardwoods, oaks, maples, you know, and, and you got then you got your pine thickets, your pine and cedars. And, um, but it's interesting because I like I said, from what I what I learned about that being, old, you know, used to be farming in the area because uh, there is some old logging, tra- you know, old logging trails and, you know, so forth. And one of my in one of my uh, hiking, uh, one of my hikes out there, I was I uh, went way off the beaten path and I come across some interesting areas. I said, this looks like there might've been an old well. It's, you know, just the way it was ditched out and there's round spot holding water and it leaks out and leads into the, one of the creeks. And I just got the, something told me to look around the area and I started finding surprisingly old tractor equipment, like parts of the muffler and different mm. parts of the, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I said, man, I love finding, I love finding stuff like that. We find that stuff yeah. occasionally out here. It's still amazing. Yeah. 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 And I was like, I was like, keep in mind when in my area, it's hard to explain when you drive out there, you're already before you even start going further into the woods off foot you know, on foot, you're already deep in the woods just from driving and getting out there. And then when you decide to venture further up a ridge and go off the beaten path, I mean, I get way out there. I haven't done it in a while, but I used to do a lot of deep hiking out there. And that's what I tell people. Don't be afraid to get off the beaten path. You never know what you're going to come across. Depending on on how, how experienced you are in the woods. Yeah. Depending on skill level. Yeah. Yes. You don't want to be a missing four one one candidate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been out, I've been out in those woods with another gentleman much older than I am. And, you know, of course, you know, I'm not going to mention his name. He, you know, he, he likes to brag. He knows the woods and, you know, he, he's a claims to be a tracker and everything else. And this guy here, he hey. lives local. <laughs> no, he about me? No. Football, Bigfoot? no, this guy, li- he lives local with me here. And uh, oh, okay. the thing is one time we, we used to go out doing a lot of hiking and, and camping together. And, but there was one time we went into the woods. It was already dark and we walked in the woods and we kept, we walked in so far. And I was surprised. I was like, this guy's like, how do we get out of here? I said, what are you talking about? Uh, he's like, how do we get back to the camp? And because all we had was our headlamps on and we were we were in the woods. I said, you don't know how to get out of here from here? I mean, <laughs> he's this guy used to brag to me that he knew this area before I ever learned about it. So I I was like, it was it was a kind of a shocker. I was like, come on, man. You know, I mean, this guy is twice my age and so I was like, "What?" I I had to show him how to get out. I said, "Just come here, just follow me." I said, "You know, we got." I said, "Look, we're," and before we knew it, we were out on the forest road. I said, "Our camp's right around the corner," you know. So, but uh, I don't. Know, some people kind of amaze me sometimes. <laughs> well, we we, go out and we explore the forest service roads around here quite a bit, and when we do, uh, three or four times a year, we end up doing basically what we call road rescues. Which, which is anywhere anywhere uh, from someone just got turned around and, and can't figure out how to get back the way they came to yeah. uh, to keeping people out of the evening news. Oh, <laughs> well, wow. You know, mm. you know like, so, like, during actually, the hunting season. Actually recovering them, like getting them, saving them. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure you guys are probably familiar with this. I, a lot of people, when they go hiking in the woods, especially during the hunting season, if they're following the old trail. And I st- I see this all the time. You'll see you'll see tree limbs broken, snapped. You know, a lot of a lot of people are known for doing that to mark their trails, even though they're they're yeah. hiking a trail. Yeah. Uh, I I do it on occasions. I know my father does it when he goes in. Uh, I do it. But th- I do it. Uh, you know, and that's one thing I I make note of. Like if I'm walking through the woods and I'm like, okay, the trail kind of just there's some areas where the trail will actually disappear because it'll fade out, and you just walk in, you're free walking through the forest. I have a habit. I'm good at observing. I that's one thing I, I feel like I safely brag about is I'm very observant of my terrain in the area. Like I'll look at a down tree, like oh, there's a tree with a, a rock or a stump next to it, you know, little things like that. And then like when I came back, if I come back down a certain way, I was like, "Yep, I came this way. There's that stump in that log or that rock that's laying there." You right. know, I, I pay attention to stuff like that because that to me that's important. I said, you know. Well- the yeah. forest, uh, the the forest department does that too. They uh, they uh, break trees certain ways to prevent growth. You know, especially long trails and stuff. There's certain yeah. procedures that they can do to also contribute to that. Yeah. One yeah. of the best pieces of advice I've heard uh, from people, you know, talking about people just going out for weekend recreation. As you're walking down a trail, look over your shoulder and uh, see where you've come from, because that's what the trail is going to look like when you're going back to your car. When you're and if you don't down, see that, yeah. you might not be going back to your car. <laughs> yeah, that's actually very yeah. smart. Yeah, yeah, very and smart. Don't, don't do not try and uh, skip uh, switchbacks because you don't uh, you can never actually predict when it actually the trail will switch back. Um, and so that I've I've known of fatalities from trying to skip switchbacks. Uh, it's just follow the trail. Don't don't try and cheat it. You know, if you're on a trail, well, follow it. You know, it's, it's well, simple. What, well, one of the things I have a habit of doing, and I'm not afraid to do it, is just knowing. It's very important if you have if you know your sense of direction. I don't always go back the same way I came. I'll do a I'll do a loop. I'll go so far in. And I'll do basically a big loop, a big loop around, and I'll come back in, and I'll end up pinpointing like uh, that's where I came, that's where I went in, and I'm coming out. Yeah, actually, you'll end up almost coming out, almost in the same area, but not in the same exact area you entered, you know? Because uh, I, I don't want to come in, come back through. I have a habit of the reason I want to go. I'll go in one way, and I'll circle out, go far in, and I'll I'll keep in mind which direction, you know, like kind of like the angle of. I don't know how to explain it. But. Well, yeah. How do you keep track of yourself, Daniel? I mean, do you, do you use it? Do you use the compass to actually do that? Or are you just kind of like naturally doing it? It's a, like, it's just a natural thing. I don't know. I don't use a compass. Um, sometimes the other thing that helps me knowing my area, cause I can take, I've taken several people out there on the hikes. We'll start it off. We'll always start off on a, on a trail to go in. And I take everybody. I always take people off the beaten path and, the thing is, I know how to get back around. Even if it encounters, like, there's been times I've gone in so far, and uh, and I'll shoot out, like, I'll kind of make, like, a I'll go in and do a split left or right, like, make a basically a big angle, you know, or an mm-hmm. L-shape. And, yep. like, you, you and know, you know what yeah. actually works really well uh, when you're out in the field is uh, I use Google Maps to actually kind of navigate where I go. It's not the the 
one all end all. Uh, it has there's a lot of downside if you're like truly lost, you run out of battery, so you always need compass backup and stuff. But generally, when I'm out exploring, I use my Google Maps and I just pull it up. And uh, you know, if you if you log in there before you lose, because everywhere we go, pretty much there's no signal, so you're kind of on oh, your yeah, own. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so, but if you pull up the map where you're going to, it will cache it in your phone, so you'll be able to. Uh, and even though you don't have cell signal, you'll still be able to track yourself. Want to know something else really weird? I put my phone in airplane mode and it still tracked me, which is kind of weird. You know, you figured it would cut off all ties. But even in airplane mode, your phone will still track you through the GPS. Well, the GPS we receiver track. still works. Yeah. Yeah. GPS. Yeah. yeah the, the airplane mode does not. Yeah. It doesn't turn it off. But that's it. If you're ever out in the bush or out in the forest, whatever. That's one of the best things you can do in real time to figure out where you're going and, and you know, find out where you want to go. And, yeah. and also, kind of Google Maps allows you to cache an area of maps before you go in. So if, yeah. if you're going yeah. into a place that has no cell service, do that. Now, down in Gifford Pinchot, there, there are a lot of uh, rescues where uh, people call for help and, and the sheriff's office just gets their GPS information off their phone and teaches them how to self-rescue basically. Oh, wow. Really? That's, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. That way you don't have to send a car out for a two hour drive. Right. And then charge the person $5,000 to come and rescue them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think there was only one time I've ever used my phone, even though there was no service in the area, like what you guys were just talking about, uh, me and a, my buddy Greg, we were hiking on this trail that we went to go investigate from uh, this one lady shared some stories. It's a trail that her husband goes ahead and, you know, he'll clear it out. He'll cut some trees and limbs and stuff because, you know, his wife and her group, they go horseback riding on this trail. And, uh, well, we went to go investigate it because after he found some things that weren't there when he went in and if they found it suspicious and she told me about it. So anyway, we decided to hike this trail. I said, you know, this was interesting. It was new to us. And uh, we actually, from where we started and where we, before we even went off trail, we were already over four miles in easily. And uh, so we decided, he's like, Dan, well, all right, which, which way should we head next? Let's, I said, let's head down this way. Cause you know, one thing I kept in mind is where the road was, where we pulled off and parked. I remember exactly where the road was, even though the road goes out and winds around. I said, we're so far in. I'm, I keep trekking. In my mind, I have a mental note of where I'm at and the direction I need to head into. So after we, we went off the beaten path and we hiked down a little ways. And, you know, I'm, we're coming across a creek that's kind of flowing, going downhill. I said, we're going to follow this creek down. And um, when we got so far, we sat down. We had to take a break. We sat and took a break, and I just so happened to pull my phone out, and sure enough, I was like, "Oh, look! It's showing where we're at." So I was able to expand it and looked out. I said, "All right, well, we got to keep heading in this direction." Well, apparently, we're heading in the right direction. We keep going this way. We're going to come back out to the forest road, and sure enough, it, we brought it brought us back out to the forest road. And luckily, two guys in a truck came along because we had another four miles up the road to get back. You oh, know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because after we we already hit, we're in a good four miles, and then we went off the path and came all the way down. So yeah, those two guys let us jump in the back of their truck, and brought us back up to our vehicle, and 
And I'm glad they did because that was a good ride back up there. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I, think I just have it before you before you go on any area that you're in. Is you go to I use Google Pro, but uh, like uh, Google Pro Earth is or, you, oh, go yeah. the, you go to the area and you look at the you look at the area obviously from the Eagles perspective, but you look for landmarks that are large landmarks. So the good thing is we have a lot of mountain ranges here. So you can count the mountain ranges that you're actually going to be negotiating before you get out there. And also, uh, you know, there's a lake this way. So if I keep going that way, I'm going to hit that lake. And so that at least you got a, a bearing compass. Cause like you said, sometimes your electronics screw around with you or something like that. And then you're still stuck. So you have to get that image in your head before you actually get on site. The other thing, yeah. too, is use it as an opportunity to learn how to read maps, hand maps. And, I mean, Nick from Roskill's Bushcraft, he, that's why I like him on the team here because he he's just way, like, way better in that than I am for sure. I remember one time I was working in an area, and I'd been into the area about five times, so I knew the area really well. So I thought I'd check out this other area, so I thought. And I kept trekking through the bush and walking through the bush, and I got up to this top of this mountain I thought man this is interesting because there was something familiar about stuff I was looking at and I kept looking yeah. around kept looking around and everything looked really familiar to me and I thought this there's no way this could be I'm miles away from where I thought I was and uh, <laughs> after being there and it was like it, my brain was so confused because I kept I, I found some coyote, coyote shit on this other area I was in before and I got up to this area and I thought look, this looks like the same coyote shit that was at the other <laughs> site and then, so, uh, and then I kept walking in deeper into this area and I kept running into stuff that looked so like this other area. And then, of course, it dawned on me after my brain stopped being present where I was uh, in regards to uh, thinking it was a new site and let the, that other image come on overlap on top of it. And I realized this is the same area I was just in about an hour and a half ago. Like, I totally got turned around. So, and that's the weird thing too, is, you know, your overconfidence that you think sometimes when you're in the bushes, you just better be cautious. You need, you need that, like five good different styles of resources, compass, GPS. Where, where was the sun, Leon? Yeah. Yeah. There's a good one. Eh? I didn't even think about that, Steve. That's how shallow minded you can be sometimes. So it's like, oh, I'm in the bush all the time. I've been in, I've been in bush, yeah, a lot, but I can still be an idiot by one stupid thinking process. You know, follow one different trail that looked like the one I was supposed to follow, and and you can get turned around so bloody easy. And and especially the thicker stuff too. I mean, you just don't know nothing. Well, especially in the Pacific, right? Because you can't see really where the sun is when you're in deep bush, unless you're yeah, well, hearing area. Well, well, like up in the North Cascades, they call it the American Alps. So there's a uh, you know, it's yeah, the sun will go behind the mountains and you won't even see it. And it's like four o'clock, you yeah. know, and uh, it could be difficult. Yeah. Well, then you have to look for signs, of course, right? Mm -hmm. Is there more moss on the north side of the tree? Well, well sometimes the people who get lost, who, who get really lost, I mean, professional level lost, they'll they'll go into an area and, and they'll cross a ridge. And now, okay, which valley am I in? How many ridges did I cross? Uh, or they get lost within a valley and then they climb up high to find their way out. And then they end up crossing a ridge and ending up in another valley. And well, now they're nowhere near where they actually got lost from. And they're nowhere near where any searchers are going to look. One guy a couple of years ago was found three ridges away from where he got lost. There's actually a couple of... 
there's a couple of Bigfooters, uh, not really Bigfooters, but they're out looking for Bigfoot that got lost uh, while out in the woods and stuff. And it was, it was the most hilarious story, actually. It's, but uh, yeah, it's it's you, it goes to show you just got to be safe out there. Of uh, you know, tell people where you're going, and and you, it really you can go. It can turn bad just like snap of a finger, you know, uh, yeah. a quick fall, mm-hmm. quick trip, you know, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's uh, I think a lot of the people who go missing, it could be preventable, you know, and, you know, they go outside their skill level and stuff. And yeah, yeah and even professionals have done that, too. Right. Because they get overconfident. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've done some pretty stupid things that I mean, oh, I, mean yeah. I was working at, when I was in forestry and I had a crew of it was 30 guys. We had to walk back to base camp because the choppers couldn't get in. And I thought for sure it was a certain direction. And uh, so everybody started heading that direction and that. And all of a sudden you hear this. And it's Cam, my bear guy. And he goes, everybody stop. He's like an ex-marine guy, right? <laughs> everybody stop and don't move. And then he proceeds, flowery metaphor, flowery metaphor, flowery metaphor, followed by you are idiots. He says, you're going the wrong way. And I had sent them that direction, which was not a good thing. Because I was <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and then I immediately bowed the knee to him because I thought, no, he knows his shit. I know I've known Cam for like right. from 30 years. And, uh, he, yeah. he's the guy you want if you're, if you're in trouble, it's again, like Nick, I mean, if I'm ever in trouble in the bush and Nick's with me, I know I'm, I'm going to be okay. Cause I mean, he's just got so many resources in the bush and uh, skills and stuff. But, uh, yeah, that's the crazy thing is, and I think that's, I think that's kind of what the problem is. I was going to ask you guys this question earlier. I was thinking about a way of formulating it is what would you like to kind of see the Bigfoot community do differently that they haven't seen to be doing or up, they should be upping the game on. And one of it is kind of what we're talking about here for me, which is it's really, I mean, there's so much interesting stuff to learn. Like some of us have probably a bit more used to being in the bush, but there's so many things to learn to even better ourselves. Like, like you said, tracking, mapping, uh, using a compass with a map, uh, uh, using raw skills uh, in, in the bush to survive for a, a weekend kind of thing. Like go in there with just enough food or something uh, and, and then try to build your own shed or your own shed, your own shelter and, and, and kind of learn to live in that kind of style of insides uh, that you would develop by doing those activities and stuff. So that's kind of what I'm really hoping is going to be happening this next year, because there is something happening online, which is really shifting the, mm-hmm. the old guard that's been online for years that we all followed and we got sucked into and stuff. That's challenged too much. Now it's starting to get really challenged. Like show us why you're saying that is a Sasquatch. Oh, yeah. I know people are pushing back on it more, uh, you know, yeah. it's like uh, instead of, you know, so this is YouTube channels that just declare the evidence and, and without other sort of, resources you know and uh, yeah most of that script that they're saying to you to declare the evidence is stuff that they heard online with none of it being vetted mm-hmm. you know i had somebody say to me uh, while well, on that video i'm working on right now i part of the video at the very beginning i have big uh, bfro's uh, uh policy in regards to vetting information from witnesses and so I scroll it and let it so the viewer at home can read it and then i highlighted specific things you know like uh intense or what's one of them um kind of like uh, uh scientific method or they'll say things like uh, with great scrutiny they, i don't think those are quite the exact words but it's that's the imprint you get when you read go through that 
reading of how they met the evidence. And then they have different ways of doing it, depending on what type of evidence it is. And so they'll send in this style of people that are supposed to be professionals. But, but if they're ones that are kind of so-so, they'll do phone in interviews, right? So um, with that particular part, I, at the very end, I wrote below, uh, or for understanding the vulnerability of witnesses, below I put a 100-page white paper uh, link. So check out that link. And what it is, is how do you invest or how to, when you're talking to witnesses, how to interview them. And that's important. Like I got that from you, Steve, you were saying, I, I point two things out and then I ask the viewer to go and check it out. So they learn from their, for themselves. That's the way, that's a good teacher. That's what yeah. a teacher should do. And, uh, then another one I posted or a link that I posted with that was one on, um, Oh, what was the other point that was there that was frustrating for me when I was going through that report? Um, there was the wit. There was how to identify witnesses, and sorry, I got a brain fart there. I can't draw it out of my head. But that, that's that's the thing that I find frustrating. If anything, that that Slocan report, what it proves to me, and it puts it end to five years of me doing research about what the systemic problem the Bigfoot community is, and people aren't going to like what this is. But the bottom line is up your game. Find out what it is you're looking at. Learn to narrate it to the viewers so that we have, instead of 100 of us doing it, 5,000 of us doing the right standard by upping your game and explain to us how you know it's a Sasquatch. Throw everything out if we have to, including me. But you have to be able to do that because we are going to be in the same place in 50 years if this doesn't change. You know, like And, and, re and record everything. Pay attention to everything, and including yeah. even just how you feel and what you're thinking at the moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the thing, too, is I don't know if people really understand, like when I say white papers, uh, I, like somebody, I sent out a white paper to a few different people, and a couple of responses I got back was, uh, well, it seems either fairly biased, or it seems that it's got an agenda, or and it's like that's not that's not what a white paper is. A white paper had, you, if at all, you had a white paper that you're going to send it to a scientific journal so that it could be vetted by other scientific people, mm -hmm. uh, they're going to sniff it out in microseconds. It's kind of like us, you know, if something looks hokey. Right, like for instance, yeah. the dead baby Sasquatch. Right, immediately. Right, yes, yeah, immediately. Red flag. Immediately. And so, if you're scientists, you as soon as a paper that comes in, it's published for journaling, and it has a bias to it, that's going to be immediately sniffed out. And also, if it has an agenda, because that means it's not objective. So, in the biasness, yeah. you can't have those two things in a, in a, in a true uh, white paper. Am I incorrect about it? that at all, yeah. Steve, or am I on target with that? Well, that's Steve? pretty good. Yeah. 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 And I think that's the same idea. Like, everyone rags on the scientific community that they want to listen to us. And that. It's because they have a total different standard. It's, yes, they, they it, do. Sucks, it, it sucks when they're wrong as well, the same way it sucks yeah. when we're wrong. But that's except, what the problem except, is. Except, like Carl Sagan said, uh, you know, science is pretty brutal with new ideas it and, is and, and literally says those that survive become welcomed tentatively into the community well that's and, a good and, model for us too because it's it the is same, it's the same thing that we do is the problem is we don't have the we have a bit of an ignorance to us i don't mean that in a negative sense i mean lack of knowledge almost uh of knowing that in any kind of thing you have to hash the shit through like if you guys came up with stuff or I came up with stuff and I said, yeah. look, this is what I found. And say we weren't online and I showed you some of the stuff. 
I want to know your sincere thoughts on it and stuff, but I want to make sure that you guys are also doing the same process. And I know I, from what I've met of you guys, I don't, you guys are all kind of that way. And I mean, that is totally refreshing and that's totally what's been missing. And that's why it's been so bloody frustrating online is I don't know. Uh, we, we There's nothing wrong with education yourself or educating yourself on a variety of fronts. I mean, you could teach me so much. And uh, I mean, as a teacher, an educator, my students teach me a hell of a lot more than I could ever teach them. I just give them the groundwork and then they go run with it and they come back with, hey, we found this. I thought, Holy shit. I never saw that. Great job. You know, like awesome. You know, well, the other thing does. we need to do is collaborate effectively. Yes, uh, there, there's been a lot of the the old British explorer heroes thing in in the Bigfoot community, and you know that that has to stop. You're not going to own Bigfoot, but mm -hmm. you know I have my experience. Leon has his experience, but if we collaborate, we have both our experiences that we can work with, and then add Brent and Daniel and Pat and a number of others, we get a bunch of expertise together. And if we can share open notebooks and, and share what's going on and learn how to observe things so that we can explain it to each other, we can come up with ways to help improve what we're seeing. Yeah. Agreed. That's the key part right there. Yeah. And, and, and I'll say this about, about all of that is that um, there's, there's a supreme irony happening here is that uh, people in the Bigfoot world say science won't accept us. And science is nothing more than understanding the world around you. That's right. what science is. And so you don't have to wear a lab coat or be a, hold a test tube in your hand. And, and, and so kind of where I'm going with this is that, um, Science thrives and, and it's only moved forward through new ideas, right? So a new idea. Uh, that's how science works. But in academia, that's not the case. So you have to, people in the Bigfoot world need to understand that when they talk about science and scientists, they're actually talking about academics. And, and those people get stuck 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 in their ways until mm. other people come along like uh you know like you know like the Carl Sagans of the world or 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 have you what have you and shake things up and change the thinking and prove and then uh, eventually prove the thinking and yeah that's a whole different area that's how we you know know about the big bang that's how we know about how the, the fabric of the universe works, and now we kind of understand how big the universe might be, things like that. But we still don't know what dark matter is or dark energy. Uh, so we're always learning. And and it's so people just, in the Bigfoot world, want to say science. And it's like everything we do in life is science. You're so a science every day. And the academics... Have, have some of the same problems. Once you write a book on something and, you, and you've got a book out there in the market and you're hoping to, to get some revenue from that book, well, that book's got to be right because if that book's wrong, no one's going to buy it. So once I've written a book, then I can't change my opinion or that revenue stream is going to go away. So, so wait, 
people bought some of my books. Does that make me right? Yes. No, I just <laughs> <laughs> you're a scientist. <laughs> now nah, my well, books yeah, are based off of my. Go, they're based sorry, off of my. Re oh, I know. No, that's all right. Uh, my books, you know, it's just they are based off of my research and my view of things. It's I'm not. Yeah. One thing I could tell you in my books, I'm not trying to say this is that, that is this, you know, or I don't come out and make any claims. I do present things in a questionable manner. And also, my main thing is, and the whole thing is object objectivity. We got to be objective. My yes. thing is yeah, que yes. question and everything, and don't be afraid to object uh, object to something until well, there I is data. That Daniel, I would wager, Daniel, that if you learned something new that either augmented or even somewhat contradicted something you've written that, that was an opinion that you've written in an earlier book that you would write a new book saying, I've learned this. This is why that made sense back then, but this makes right. more sense now. Right. And that's uh, how progress happens. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. but in, most... the world, in the Bigfoot world, you don't get that because it's uh, there's, there's too much ego behind it, too much emotion You're right. behind it. Well, it's, yeah, uh, but I, well, you're doing and stuff like that. And I, I, I don't know if you guys caught Justin's last three video or not last video that he just posted last night, but uh, the other two there, he's really talking about, you know, there's something seriously wrong in the Bigfoot community. All of us guys know that. Like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I want to say just guys, but, you know, people know it. We know there's something right. really, really wrong because uh, we're missing something because there's no reason at all we shouldn't have more. Uh, we, we shouldn't be farther down the path than what we are right now. But I think the nice thing is, is I think with mm. the younger generation is, you know, and I know Brent, you just got so much freaking flack for the Sasquatch under the roots and living under the ground. Oh, tree. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But that was brilliant. Oh, yeah. and you stuck to your guns yeah. and you stood on that fact. Cause you felt you, that was when you were pretty new in the whole scene and you had to step out and say that, where you were with that is the same way I'm at with this video I've been wanting to post and just finish posting that. And part of that delay that I talked to Steve about was I don't even know if I want to put it out because is it worth my time in regards to the response of getting people yakking at me? It's kind of like if well, uh, Matt comes back and he says, well, that's blah, blah, blah. Matt, have you been up here yet? Well, you're, you're, you'll get you'll get a variety of responses yeah. from different yeah. people depending upon how. No way you do. Yeah. yeah, like mine. Mine was so a lot of people knew about it, and uh, it was uh, there's a lot of emotion behind it. So there's a lot of uh, mm -hmm. shenanigans going on behind scene. But with what you're doing, it's you're more showing uh, what how you know you know we should fact check what some of these researchers are saying to us because you know it's a good learning lesson for Matt, you know, Matt Moneymaker, that he should do a better job at being an investigator because we're watching now. And, yeah. you know, I'm the same true. thing with David, David Polites, the same thing. We're watching now. We're a lot smarter now that we're not going to just go along with whatever you're trying to present. We're now yeah. going to give ourselves the tools mm -hmm. to fact check this. And we're going to spread those tools around for other people to learn as well. So we don't have to deal with these type of, uh, these type of people, you know, uh, just out there trying to exploit it for their own personal gain. Yeah. yeah. And that he could choose to be mm -hmm. a more responsible steward of the information he possesses. Exactly. And that's what I'm trying to do with like what I want to do with David Pilates. I did a video before that was, that was kind of more emotionally based, more of a, it did come off more of a hit piece in some ways. And I didn't want to come out that way. I wanted to come out as a learning lesson that 
You know, mm. if he's not aware of what he's doing, this is what he needs to be doing better at because he's really failing at it. I don't expect David to ever see it or anything like that. But the well, but it's a learning lesson for us as an example of I, of I want to see it. What's that? I said I want to see it. Send, oh send yeah, well, that, yeah. Send me that video, Brent. Yeah. Well, no, no. I, I, it's it's just because uh, he did four cases up here in the North Cascades, three of them that I worked on, and and he totally misrepresented what was going on. He like to the point where it's like, Jesus, did you even research this? You know, yeah. it was so bad. It was like really, it was like the, the facts, the important facts were were not left included. With, yeah, they were left out. Instead, mm -hmm. he tried to create the narrative of bringing it to his clusters. And it's like, it's like, geez, you're, you're using these people's story and uh, to, to go make money off to help promote your little cluster theory, uh, which is just BS. And it's like, it's so disrespectful what he's doing by not presenting this, all this information. I know he's just uh, stealing the format of the how to hunt dude, how, cause he just goes up there, just reads these stories and, and you know you can get you can make a decent amount of money off YouTube just by reading other people's stories, and so that's yeah. what this uh, David Pilates has been doing lately. And I think he's been getting very lazy about it to the point we should all fact check what he's presenting now because I could tell you right now, and I'm going to break it down into a way where it's like he totally screwed up on what he presented. Uh, it's just another good example of. of why we need to start questioning everything. Yeah, well, show how to do the fact-checking that, that you're doing, too, to help other people to get there. Exactly. Wow, yeah. Dude, uh, Brent, you, you just opened up a whole different can of worms there, and uh, I would love to do a part two about the the missing 411 like i would love to make that the uh focus of a show one night you, you want to know something else that he just did that really irritated me even more is sure. there's there's this big channel called uh mr ballin it's a story channel and he uses some 411 stories sometimes and uh, uh it's a great channel go check it out uh and uh so he uses these 411 stories but david Pilate started putting copyright strikes on his uh, on his videos that he was releasing with the missing 411 and trying to mm. shut his channel down because David Pilates thinks he owns these stories of these missing people. And so he's trying to shut down this bigger channel because he's making more money than he is, you know, because it's all about subscribers with the whole YouTube game sometimes. And, and, and so it just seems wow. like he's uh, taking down well, this big Depending on what channel. you're using it for, you know, fair use. It's, is, it was is completely a story. It's a, yeah, it's YouTube. Yeah, yeah. If you want to say, if you want to say that anything that David is talking about with missing people is not news, or is not potentially educational, then you've got a real misunderstanding of what. Well, it's he's it's public exploiting. record. It's well, public uh, record. Well, 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 he, yeah, yeah. Boy, he had to bow down to David Pilates and his copyright strikes to get it removed. He had to acknowledge David. And it's not that he never did before. He always promoted. These are David Pilates, you know, mm. missing 411. Go check it out. And he was like promoting them. And David just came in like, oh, no, I want some more of your subscriptions. Make sure you point people towards me. I expect them to do a Zoom chat of sorts. Uh, so the subscribers, uh, so David could, you know, tap his subscriber base. Guaranteed. This I'm just yeah. going to say this. I'm just going to say this. Brent, uh, like, I don't know Brent all that well, but
but I trust him enough that what he just said, I'm just going to say this, man. Fuck Politis. Oh, fuck yeah. Him. Oh, yeah. Like, well, fuck well, you, with what, with what Brent was sharing, it, what, brought to my, what brought to my mind was what we were discussing last time we were on here together. Uh, one of the things that we were talking about uh, is, is, you know, the question was uh, involving with what David Pilatus is doing with the 411 cases, the, vi- you know, videos or books. and everything. Is he using this to fit his agenda? Like, hey, and, you know, as far as, yeah, he wants his YouTube because he people that people that don't understand YouTube, you know, because, you know, the more people get the, the more subscribers you get, the more mm-hmm. money you get because you get you get the views. Your monetization, yeah, because there's people, even with a person that has 5,000 subscribers, I know somebody who had 5,000 subscribers. If you get enough views on your videos, you could average easily three to $5,000 extra a year, you know? Well, and and uh, he's using the how to hunt dude, his formula, because when the how to hunt dude, it. yeah, when he came into the Bigfoot uh, story doing the same oh, ex- wow. type of exploitations of sorts, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when he came in, he got a big boost in his subscriber base to the point where all he has Huge. to do is read these unverified stories that he supposedly like gets in the email. Emailed. All we, yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. He's probably making this shit up off camera. I mean, for all we know, but you know, yeah. he's using yeah. that same type of, oh, he doesn't have to, all. other people will make it up for him. Yeah. yeah or exactly. that, or that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but uh, people like the story time channels, you know, story which time. are cool. Yeah. yeah. But it's a story time. And, uh, you know, but that's, I think, is what David Pilates is doing is he is copying off his buddy, the How to Hunt dude, because they did a conference together and they're all in that whole circle jerk type of thing. But, uh, yeah, he's totally exploiting it in that, <laughs> in that way. Sorry, ladies. All right. Oh, my God, dude. No, hey, Brent, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Uh, that that cracked me up. Totally true. And no, I'm frustrating part about it is that, like, I, 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 I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about with with Matt. Like, you can't. I mean, you can, and if you're doing it for entertainment, then that's. I don't care about that. But when you're representing yeah. an organization that yeah. all of the mind that right, and it's a very Matt, it's a, with Matt, it's different. It's different. Yeah, but Matt. it's a, it's a very delicate thing on trying to present the evidence of not having to come off as a hit piece because you right. want to be. You want Matt to skip this and be like, "Wow, that was." That's enlightening. I didn't really realize that. And yeah, I'm kind of getting called out. And other people are going to be like, yeah, you know, you know, you're going to catch more flies with honey than with whatever else, you know. Yeah, and, and, and you're right 100 percent, friend. I mean, the, the good thing is me watching you because you and I got online exactly the same time through the same source. Right. And so watching both of us going through at the same timeline has been interesting because it's been in sync, even though you're in Washington, and I'm in British Columbia. Mm-hmm. But it's been in sync with you having to wrestle and I having to wrestle with, wait a second, there's something wrong here. I was very happy to have that, that, ho- that <laughs> Bigfoot free hoax. That was the best. It sucked at the time. But in yeah. hindsight, that gave me the most growth and the most, uh, you know, insight on the Bigfoot phenomenon, how to investigate it, how people will fall for the priming confirmation bias, how they use the cognitive dissidents to keep their belief in line and stuff it gave me so much insight that it was priceless well and it did because it got it hooked you me and steve together because we all talked that way we talked about that dynamic because we weren't hearing much of that online 
We were here, yeah. like, biases. Yeah, stuff. Oh, I know, right? You probably I, I, weren't. I took, yeah. I, took, I took a big hit for that. Like, I almost left the Bigfoot community because of it, uh, because of Damn. the drama that was associated with it, the, not just online, but, like, the behind-the-scenes shenanigans, which I'm still, like, I still hear about every once in a while. I'm, I was, like, considered one of the worst people in Washington because of how they were trying to protect this hoax. And yeah. it's, like, a whole, you know... Yeah, it's it's yeah. Okay, and yeah. I was very there, nice there's and so much. There's whoa. I mean, we've just opened up a huge can of worms that is like this should be the start of a freaking show. Like it's <laughs> killing me. I'm like, oh my god. Okay, we got a lot to talk about here. Well, um, now there's at least three worm cans there. <laughs> What's that, Steve? There's at least three worm cans there. Yeah, and and. They're and all open. And so, uh, yeah, so I'm going to kind of wrap it up, but what? I'll say this. Yeah, I, yeah. What are you talking about? What are you doing? Anyways, what are you doing tonight? It's Friday. I know it's it's Valentine's Day here. I don't know if it is in the States, but uh, is it Valentine's uh, Day in the States? Sunday, oh, no. Sunday uh, will be Sunday on the 14th. Yeah. yeah. So, so what, uh, what are you doing Friday night? Impact? Come on, on. Well, you know, I mean, I got things to do. Dishes? Laundry? Yeah, you know, Andre. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll say this, like, uh, uh, Brent, like, do uh, do not be afraid to do that hit piece. It, it, oh, oh, no, like... it's not going to be a hit piece. It's, it's going to be an educational piece for us to all exactly. learn from. Yeah, and, and, yeah and I just... Like I, David would be like, wow, I didn't realize I do suck. <laughs> I just... I, I Okay, it's just because you, you've said that word now a few times, and, and, and so I'm thinking that maybe you're thinking... Maybe you did a hit piece or could do a hit oh, I piece. Did. I, I, I did. I, I did. It came off as one. I deleted the video because I, you know. As long as you're fair. Hey, as long as you're fair, dude, it is not a hit piece. Oh, no. It was very fair and very informative and educational. But I think I could do better at communicating the facts and showing how okay. he is wrong. Yeah. and. You do it Fair better enough. visually to communicate it because I don't want people to think, oh my God, this guy's just angry and stuff. Because yeah. I did get <laughs> I did I did get kind of, you know, emotional when I was I didn't realize it while I was doing it, but and watching the video again, I, I was getting kind of emotional behind it. Like I was getting kind of mad to the point where it was like, geez, I gotta end this video. Yeah. Just, just like me. Just yeah, like I me think... saying uh fuck Pilates. <laughs> well, I wouldn't do that myself, but I did yeah. take like you can tell a couple of times in the tone of my voice in the video I'm working on that finished off there, which is yeah. like I'm pissed here. This is your logic, Matt. <laughs> you know, they accuse me of this is your logic, Leon? Question mark? Question mark? So I go through all this stuff, all the emails, and go, this is your logic, Matt. <laughs> like, you know, well, this is not logic. I mean, it's just this I mean, is one of those. No matter, no matter what you do in this world, and I, I, I tell people, people this all the time. I'm like, you could write the greatest song in the history of love songs, right? Just like this beautiful song. It's a love song. It's beautiful. It's about your girl. She died in a car crash. You know, it's like emotional. There, somebody will come in and go, "This song sucks." You know, even though, like millions of people, will love oh, yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, it's so, the one thumbs down on your channel always. It's always, well, yeah, like, well, so, you know, always so that you, one guy that goes thumbs down, it seems. It's like, what's this guy stalking me for five years? Yeah, right? Thumbs so down. You can't, you cannot, you cannot concentrate on. 
the haters because they'll always be there. And we know what we're doing. We know that we're being like critical thinking, objective people. Um, well, except for Daniel. I don't know. He's just kind of a Daniel goes out in the woods and walks around. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, but we're it, uh, sorry, but you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't take pictures of blurry Bigfoots. And yeah, that's true. He, and he doesn't. I'll, I will. I, I'll, I have his back on that. He well, you not, might take uh, the pictures, but you don't publish them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bigfoot, so whatever Bigfoot you do in this world, whatever you do in this world, when you have a voice in the world, uh, which we're all finding our voices in this world to different degrees, <laughs> you know, you're going to have haters. You're going to have criticizers. But I just say this, Brent, like stick to your guns, dude. Like if you, if you can articulate, hey, this is why this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, do it. I, I mean, I'll go. Well, I'll, I'll be like, I ah, mean, you know. That's, yeah, that, that's what I want to do is like a, a like a bullet point almost of like, this is what he's presenting. This is the actual facts. And, you know, right. just allow people to, to, to make their own decision of, you know, they're just being presented the facts. Why did he leave all this information out? I don't know. Is it to promote the cluster? I don't know. That type of thing, but I, know. I think I, I think it's important how we deliver what we're trying to uh, promote, and I think the way we communicate it is going to be more important sometimes than the message itself, because we have to make sure that the people who are listening really understand that what we're saying is is not you know some emotional, stupid right. type of of stuff, right. you know. Yeah, objective. No. It has to come across objective. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, but it, some people are still react to it, but it's objective. Somebody asked in the question, Brent, where your channel is. Do you want to tell them what your channel? Oh yeah. Oh, it's uh, the tall ones. Um, yes, on YouTube. On platform. On YouTube. Yeah, the tall ones, yeah. Tall ones on YouTube. Oh, oh, you're the tall ones, yeah. Because you, you watch. I think you uh, interact on my YouTube channel sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I might. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, not I'm bad big. though. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, I know. I was like, oh, he's the one that's always saying something bad on my. Ch-. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, nah, I'm Bigfoot Zone, ECBRO, or YouTube channels. <laughs> yeah. You're like actually one of the first people that I started. I, I, I kind of found on the whole Bigfooting thing, you know. And uh, so you're actually one of the first Bigfooters that I recognize of. Uh, in the whole Bigfooting world when I first got into it, just because I ran across your videos. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. So I've, been, I've, been watching, I've been watching you off and on literally ever since. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, are people, there are people who just won't participate in this critical thinking thing. And okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. You know, because yeah. uh, there are people who want to, uh, who have YouTube channels for Bigfoot. They are not actually researching it or interested. They just want the attention that they get from it. Uh, you know, and mm. which we have to recognize that that's not part of what we're our circle of things, you know, of, of people and, and not to just dis- get discouraged by those people always being existing and always going to have a crowd because they always will it's just that's we just need to recognize that and and focus more on what we're doing and how we're going to communicate that and promote that to the the people who want to learn you know like the people like us like 
when I came into this, I was so naive that I believed so much stupid stuff that I wasted so much time and so much embarrassing stuff that I would tell my family, oh my God, look at this. People are saying this is Bigfoot. And, and later going back, he's, yeah, that's not even Bigfoot. You know, that's why I don't talk about Bigfoot on my, on my personal uh, Facebook page anymore, just because it's been so disappointing by the people that presented the evidence that they've been full of shit that it's like, I don't even bother with it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's changing. That, it's changing. Yeah, uh, a strange land. Uh, you should do up your own pay, uh, your own channel for sure. And yes, that video is coming out in the next two days that you were wondering about the other day. I want to talk a little about what Steve from How to Hunt. And I'll tell you the big disappointment I had with Steve was I thought a he was in BC, right on. B he's a bush guy, right on. I'm in BC. I'm a bush guy, right on. I thought this guy was going to come in the same angle I was coming in. The, the biggest uh, frustration I had where I used to promote Steve all the time at the beginning was once I started noticing, he's not betting anything. So it's, uh, I can't, uh, uh, matter of fact, I've heard him say a couple of stories online that I already know that because I got sent the same information and I knew who sent him those information. I thought, this is not true. None of this is true. And I thought, so if, yeah, I can come online and just tell all these stories about Sasquatch. But I need to, because again, it's like you were saying earlier, Brent, that there's this shift, Brent, that there's this shift that's happening online, which is that there's getting more of us, probably about 30% now that are online are actually really seriously trying to figure out what the hell's going on out there. And that's why you also see about 30% of the YouTube channels, which is on almost an overkill, have upped their game because their quality is up, up their game as well. And um, so that's all encouraging stuff for me and stuff. So I, I can't follow Steve because it's irrelevant what he's producing. I get where he's coming from, the angle he's coming from. Mm. But yeah. What pulled me off of his channel uh, completely was when he started throwing pictures out there that had obviously not been vetted. Yes. And my it God. Like he was yes. just going ah. to see how, how much he could get away with. Ivan Marcus, he put Martin or whatever. He posted all those well, pictures as if they were real Ivan pictures. Martin. Crazy. Bullshit. I've called bullshit. Steve is Steve is gullible. He fell for that crap. Like he well, No, no, you can't say that he's you gullible. Say, you can't say that he's gullible. I That's think he's going is. on there, in my opinion. Well, well, yeah, he's, yeah, I think he's intentionally knowing what he, he knows what he's doing. He knows he's playing the YouTube system and you know doing he knows what he's doing. He, I think, uh, no, I think, I think he was testing how much his things. audience would tolerate. Yeah. Yeah, well, what? Yeah. Well, what's what's y'all's take on the whole situation when he basically endorsed the drama behind, you know, with mm -hmm. MK David? Yeah, no, maybe we, we, it's marketing. It's marketing because because YouTube Bigfooters are like a brand, like in business, and it's marketing, and that's what he did. He wanted the attention from it. Doesn't matter if it was good or bad, uh, because he'll always have people following because of his attitude. Uh, so that's why he did it was just to uh, to create the the ruffle all these feathers up in the Bigfoot community so everybody will start yeah. looking at them, get the attention. Kind of, it's, it's, I, I, I disagree. I disagree with you guys wholeheartedly here. And so that's why this is going to be a freaking another show because uh, I see a complete different angle that I want well, you guys to hear, but I can't get into it now because we're two hours into the podcast. No, no, no. Let's go back, let's go back to like 15 here. more minutes. 15 more minutes. Just tell us your thoughts so we can process it. So when you do the show, we'll be ready for you. Well, well I'd, Pat, rather, I'd Pat, rather you keep in mind with it. Well, I'd rather Pat, you lead keep... with it to, to 
end with it, you know? Well, you got to keep in mind, it's the night's still early for these other guys. They're behind us. We're like, oh, yeah, that's right. It's like, <laughs> it's early the, for them. You know, <laughs> yeah. We're yeah, on Eastern yeah, time. That's, so. true, yeah. that's, that's totally true. true. The, the sunset for them, what, about an hour and a half ago, roughly? <laughs> uh, yeah, I still have to go, I still have to go drive after this, too. <laughs> I, I I mean, hey, I'm I'm willing. I'm more than willing to go another 15 minutes. It's just the it, when we start talking about Steve and and what that's the the road that's going down, like that. I, I swear to God, that's much a better thing to open with and to close with. Um, because we we spent you know we spent like 45 minutes talking about survival in the woods. So you know, well, it's like it, it, it's a big gear shift that's kind of happened. That's fine. Well, Strange you know, land is from Newfoundland, Newfoundland, which is the farthest east you could possibly be from where I'm located right now. And it's only 12, 14, and he still wants to keep going. <laughs> well, I could say I know just just from sitting and listening to this conversation and these dis discussions that we're having tonight, I could see this like what Pat was saying. Yet, yeah, I mean, this is this is going to open up and branch out into several different directions, which is good. Because there's a lot I think we could get into from what we just started here within the last half hour here. So great, yeah. But give us something that has meat and potatoes in regards to your concepts. You don't have to go into deep, and we can still stop in 15 minutes. But give us something <laughs> there. <laughs> just I, well, I can't because I'll just uh, I'll just get on my stump and and I'll say what I think of, Was there about that. Positive stump situation. of him, or a negative stump, or a neutral stump. It's um, it's sort of neutral. Like I've I, I've had my like goods and bads with Steve, uh, for sure. Like he's he's a freaking asshole. He came into the big Bigfoot world as a complete asshole, you know. And but that's but there was a crowd for that. There was an audience for oh, it. You still you still find them. Yeah, I got kicked you out know? of a group. I didn't support Steve. Yeah, or yeah. if you if you criticize. Like I criticized him once on, you know, Facebook and got some generic response, you know, and I'm like, well, that wasn't that like, like, well, now he's got, his his guy, you know, mm -hmm. but, but I mean, he's found his rhythm. So he, he built a, a, I'll say, I'll say this fairly about Steve. He's definitely an out, outdoorsy guy, uh, you know, and he found his rhythm on YouTube and he found what worked and what didn't, and he he's kind of kicked out the shit that doesn't work, and stuck with the the things that do work. Which, of course, like you were saying earlier, Brent, uh, you know the uh, you know encounters. Let's hey, let's do encounters. I'm gonna read encounters on air with a beautiful, uh, you know, Canadian high mountain backdrop. Brilliant, freaking get that brilliant. Really you know, he's not like. Like yeah. reading it on like a small phone. Should you get read it off that tablet or something? <laughs> the other thing too is, I mean, he was on his he was on his pedestal there, whatever, not his pedestal, but his soapbox talking about big footers are just out for making money, all that kind of stuff. He's doing exactly the same thing. It's 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 like it's uh, and I don't have a problem with people making money on their channel. But, you know, it's like the reverse kind of thing I deal with, like, again, crazy people a lot. And the funny thing about crazy people, especially if they're toxic or narcissists or sociopathic, they have a tendency of 
so then the same person will look at the crazy person and they'll say to the, the their, their friends now watch out for that guy because that guy's crazy or this guy's like that and this guy will do this and this guy will do that and what does the crazy person do they take exactly the same wording and statements and point it back at us the sane ones or the logical ones or the rational ones and use those same defenses back to protect to protect themselves yeah. we're the bad ones well, I, I call it the magician's yeah. trick. Yes. Look at them over there. They're doing what I'm doing, but they're wrong. Don't notice what I'm doing. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Misdirection. Totally. Yeah. Mm. What is that? Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. We see that. Oh, oh, oh. Amazing. Whoa. <laughs> It's easy. Um, I don't know where are we at. We're talking about Steve still, like fuck Steve. Yeah. Um, no, no, I yeah, mean, that's, no. That's I didn't want it to go too far. I just said just a, a little idea of your perspective. Of no, I, you know, I've I've had my battles with Steve. I, at one point, I was like, I wanted to, you know, bring him on uh, my platform and talk to him one on one. You know, me versus him, uh, which sort of a debate almost like very challenging debate. Uh, and I, you know, obviously, I, I can't do that, I can't get a hold of Steve. Like, he has a thousand well, he, emails coming in a day, well, so yeah, he, he doesn't, he won't do something like that where he can expose himself to where he can't control it. Uh, the whole narrative, I agree, the whole, I agree. The whole conversation, uh, you see, yeah, he doesn't do stuff like that. I saw him at a conference or saw videos of him at a conference with, with David Pilates and Scott Carpenter. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. And it's see, that's the thing that is, is different from what you guys are thinking. I'm in a, I'm actually in a totally different place. And I think you would be interested in my opinions on this, but, uh, but I'm way, way over here. And you guys are, you guys are talking about those people right here. And I'm like, Nope. There's something way different going on, and uh, well, that's the well, part I'm interested in. That's yeah. why I asked you the well, question. When do you, when do you want to do the show next? I think Steve and I are both used to being way, way and dealing with people way, way over here. So we're ready for it. We're just wanting yeah. to get that way, way. Which is over cool. Here. Yeah, it's yeah, it's is cool it, because is it way there or there or there. <laughs> hey, it's cool because I'm like I'm I'm sort of in my uh, circle of trust. You know, with my super panel tonight, who you know, we talk about Bigfoot, and we, they were like, "Yeah, we're objective and blah blah blah, critical thinkers." But then we no, can no, kinda... no, 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 blah 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 in that. We are objective scientific <laughs> thinkers. No blah blah blah. That's the problem. Well, There's no blah 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 in the scientific method. It's not blah blah blah. It's this, this, this. You can look yeah. at it. Oh yeah, I, I see that. That That's I agree. I'm sorry. I. I All was, right, it was inappropriate for me to blah 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 that. <laughs> yeah, just, I, I'm sorry. I had a Seinfeld moment, but <laughs> that I can come to this point where we are talking about Bigfoot critically thinking, and then all of a sudden I'm like, whoa! Like I see an angle on something that you know my fellow uh, like-minded thinking brothers don't. No, they don't that's see not this true angle. Either. 
I can and, guarantee even I probably see your perspective along with five or six different other perspectives way over here. That's why we're curious to hear what yours is. Yes. And I, I would love to do yeah. that, but I, I've got to save that. This is gold now. For okay. No show. Great show yeah. Do you sign me up for it? I'll, I'll, I'd like to join yeah. that conversation. Yeah, we'll do, a, we'll, do a, we'll, we'll do a part two of kind of where we've left off tonight. You know, we got, we got into that discussion, uh, which I've, I've not able, I've never been able to discuss Steve on air because it doesn't really come up, but it came up tonight. So, uh, and Politis and Carpenter and the oh, whole, that's all me too. <laughs> yeah. That whole cabal, the whole podcasting thing. So I don't know though. So Anyways. yeah, we'll, We'll we'll pick it up where we left off. We'll do a part two. Uh, when, when, just, yeah. When are we gonna do? Or when do you? When do you think about doing it? I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I don't okay. know. I don't know that I could do it tomorrow. No, I no, mean, no, I, no, no. Save it for a week or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Next week. Tomorrow night, there's like Danielle's got something going on, and then yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, the, the the weekend the weekend's kind of booked. For stuff, so, uh, um, yeah. So basically, yeah. Maybe next week we'll um, every you know everybody do their research. You know, <laughs> let's research about these people, and uh, and uh, we'll come back together and have this discussion about. Um, we'll, we'll how about this? We'll make it about like you know like uh, like top tier, like big subscriber. YouTubers in the Bigfoot world, which Steve obviously is, is one. Um, you know, I don't really want to talk about Wes because that is what it is. You know, um, Chronicles, of course. It, oh, yeah, same yeah. Kind of, you know, that. same same kind of thing. It, it, I mean, it's not the same kind of thing. It's like a hey, Wes. That Wes, show Wes is what it is. You know, he's actually uh, he's. He's been following my uh, my Bigfoot radio on Anchor, and every so often he's he's been giving me some encouragement. He's actually giving me some compliments as well. I'm actually impressed. He says you're doing real good on your show. He's you're doing oh, a lot cool, better, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and I, I no. find that encouraging because you know, he, yeah, yeah, he's got a big he's got a big platform. You know, he works with and you know, so yeah, huge platform. And and I, you know, I've I've talked to Wes. Um, several times in the past, and same kind of thing. It's like I'm not trying to go there, but but like big YouTubers like Steve, Steve Estelle, and uh, you know that whole cabal like Politis. Uh, so you could we, title yeah, we, it. You could title it Hot Shots Part Do. You know, Part Do. <laughs> <Part two. laughs> and and I have the Predator Predator missile to fire at them. So, uh, so yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, I was going to go around the panel and say, hey, what do you guys think Bigfoot needs to be or figured out what it is? Like, what are your thoughts? Uh, but pretty much ready to just, uh, I'm just going to end it now. And uh, because we kind of have a teaser, right? Like a little well, cliffhanger for the next show. Yeah, I just well, want to ask a question. Steve, when are you on uh, Bigfoot Cafe? Next week, or is it next weekend? Uh, currently, it's the twentieth. Okay, thanks. February twentieth for anybody listening after the fact. 
um, February 20th. Uh, Steve will be on Bigfoot Cafe on uh, the uh, Hidden Existence YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, that's with Daniela, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dan- Daniela. Uh, and uh, I don't know. What else? Uh, on the after show. You're, you're on the after show after that, right? I, I probably probably so will we be. We get the roast Steve. We get, we get to go after Steve, and he's a guy that can handle it. Right, Steve? Yeah. Right, buddy? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Steve, Steve's going to be in the hot seat that night. Yeah, so. Um, he'll handle that fine. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I'm not, I, I, trust me, I'm not looking forward to uh, intellectually challenging Steve. So we'll see. No, it's about uh, drawing the data out of his brain so we can learn. From <laughs> That's what it is. That's all it is. He's got a hey, good brain to learn from. So No, yeah, we, all- we have a great group of guys here tonight. Like Steve, Brent, Leon, Daniel, you know, not me so much. I'm just a goofball, but. But well, like, we're, a, guys, we're a group of we're a group of Bigfoot scientists without our lab coats. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> I mean, you guys, you guys are awesome. Everything you have to say is important. It, it's it's good for discussion. It moves the ball down the field, and uh, and and so like I love the fact that we talked about like what to do or what not to do in the woods tonight. Like that was a good discussion. It had nothing to do somebody with big probably, Yeah. Somebody probably learned something from it and that's, you know, and that's, sh- and they should helpful. because, yeah. because we, we all know that new people come into uh, the community, right. Yeah. You know, every day. Yeah. And it's, it's like, to direct them in, into a better path of more stability versus the good luck on YouTube, wild west type of thing. Yeah, yeah, we'd be it, happy if they're not in the evening news. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. uh where just Steve said he kind of he kind of he made my point for me is that you know, some people that come into the Bigfoot world uh, I would say probably a lot of them don't have a lot of experience in the woods, but they get kind of excited about Bigfoot, right? And hey, I all of a sudden I'm going to go out into the woods. Right to look for Bigfoot or to hear if they're knocking or whatever, and uh, so it, it, it's always good to you know it, instead of like here's your Albert Offsman story, here's your compass and map, you know, be safe, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing, like complimentary. Uh-huh. Welcome to the yeah. Bigfoot world, you know. Yeah, and I think you know, like uh, we can all make videos to help, you know, with people with that, you know, to, to help show them that, you know, not every, every tree breaks a Bigfoot and it's okay to be wrong and that Mm -hmm. it's great to collaborate and work with other people and how the investigation process goes. Like it needs to, you need to vet it out and this is how you vet Mm -hmm. it out. And this is why it's important because people are watching now. It's like people aren't accepting what some of these researchers are telling them anymore you see it on their channels like, Oh, I'm so sick of this. It's the same stuff every time, no real evidence, but you know, they got like 40,000 subscribers and stuff. And I think people are, are ready for something different for a change. And, uh, you know, maybe it's not so much what we're presenting is Bigfoot, but maybe giving them the tools to go find Bigfoot and better understand the videos that they're getting or they're seeing is, uh, you know, they, they can vet it out better too. So, and I'll just, 
I'll just add this here too, because Larry's mentioning about white uh, papers and stuff. The thing about a white paper is it's already been vetted because it has been in scientific journals. So it's not, it, it's not, yeah, it's, it's not, it's, every other scientist can look at what you're claiming and what you're presenting. They can figure out what formula you're using to get your data, what style of uh, technique you're using to get your data, and that it's neutral. And you can take that same formula or that same pattern of investigation and, and you will get exactly the same result as the person did in the white paper. That's what makes it a white paper. If it doesn't stand under that scrutiny, then it's not solid. Evidence, if it's factual, it doesn't matter who comes against it, it will stay factual to the end. You can't change it. Correct. And we will, and down the road, a different conceptual idea might be involved that's added to that evidence, but that everything builds on this solid evidence block that was prior to it, the next one, mm -hmm. the next one. So you can follow all the way back why we know that the sun does not evolve or revolve around the earth right, right. for a very long time. But we can go back, find out who figured that out, how they figured it out, and we can all reproduce that as the general population. That's what we need in the Bigfoot community. There's no threat all of it. And I really appreciate that comment. Uh, uh, that they made about the white page. So, I mean, that's all we're asking. I mean, I know what, what I'm asking is tough because we like to have lazy thinking, including me. I would rather sit on my couch and do nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I can't, yeah, that's the one, Larry. I appreciate that uh, point there. That's the problem. We have to up our game because, again, uh, after having that whole experience with using the BFRO as a research to prove something that's the best Sasquatch, Sasquatch trackways of 2020, that's a hell of a declaration to make. The best. The hell, yeah. Out of 2020. Think of all the people who sent he, he got, a, he, he, got the, uh, he got the attention from his, like, guerrilla marketing. Todd Standing does the same thing in a way. He just creates, <laughs> he, he just creates headlines uh, to help promote whatever he's doing at that time. And I think that that's what Matt was doing. He, he compromised his integrity to self-promote. Guerrilla marketing. How, how ironic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Like when Todd first went missing, you know, how he showed up in the news and stuff. That was all grill marketing. That was all intentional. That's how you, you can build a name for yourself. His lawsuit that he had, he didn't expect to win or do anything like that. He did that because he knew he was going to get headlines worldwide. And that's going to just point it towards his documentary that was just getting on Netflix. That was the only reason why, in my opinion. Well, and that happened to us, too, in regards to this Volcano Report. We got great, uh, uh, our name out there, all free press, you know, right across Canada, 10 different styles of new agencies, all yeah, free that, press. That's but true. Thing, yeah, Leon, thing, like, you you got a lot of media out of yeah, uh, just deciding to go up to that area and look at those tracks. You ended up getting a shit ton of media. Yeah, but what, what, what will piss me off is if he comes back with, well, well, look at all the free media it got. I'm not on for the free media. I'm on for the truth of the science. Well, that, that's yeah. not I don't care about having a big channel. I don't care about having a big channel. Yeah, that, that's one of the number one. Grant, Steve and, uh, um, I was going to say myself, but I, <laughs> I already had myself in that, you know. Uh, so, and then I just met Daniel a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, it's nice to know that there's other people out there because after five years of just dealing with, uh, stuff that is not assisting me to find a Sasquatch, I, that's all I'm online for. 
You know, I finally made it over a thousand subscribers. And I wouldn't even say finally made it. I don't care if I'm over a thousand subscribers. I love everyone who's been supporting me to get to a thousand. But if I can get those thousand, the right data, the right information, and they teach one other person, and that's 2,000 eyes now that have the scientific ability or, or methods available to them. And if they each of those do one, that's 6,000. It just multiplies. And it doesn't take that long to get us to shift this wave that we're already starting to crest on, or not even crest on it, we're just starting to develop and move forward with is the bottom line is everyone has the right to sit there and say, how is it a Sasquatch? Why is it a Sasquatch? Could you please share what it is that you're looking at and how you're looking at it that tells you it's a Sasquatch? So Leon at home can look and hear what you're saying and I can say, okay, that's what they're saying. So that's not a tree snap. I can see why that's not a tree snap uh, from five other reasons, because there's going to be five other reasons for tree snaps. That's not a tree snip, uh, tree tw twist from up another five different reasons. So you can find trees uh, twist in the forest right. uh, because whatever the Sasquatch one is going to be, there's going to be a specific thing that I can see and see what they're talking about, which validates the information. Then I can move to the next step, the next step, the next step. We've got to do it that way. We're going to be here 50 years down the road, and I'm sure we'll fabricate and rationalize it all the way of why we're still here. Well, it's because it's not just the galactic and that they can cloak themselves and they go through portals, but it's, and they're also multidimensional as well. Uh, they actually uh, hide themselves by knitting sophisticated outfits. So they put it overside of themselves and you can't see them. I mean, they'll just get more crazier and crazier and crazier because that's how the brain works to fill in stuff when you're interested about something. Yep. It's not so, for, so Leon, for some of the news articles that you've been in related to that, does Bigfoot Okanagan on Facebook have links to those? Yeah, they're, all, they're all on the page. All the stuff we were on, oh, I put on the page, the radio stations, the uh, country stations, rock stations, the news stations, the uh, uh, paper, uh, newspapers, that's all uh, cataloged, or it's on our webpage. If you go right below where, you're, where I put your, you as our main source link at the top in regard to the scientific method and searching for Sasquatch, and you just start scrolling down about probably about three or four videos, You'll start seeing that data start coming up, but you can just scroll down and see that's your leisure, whatever you want kind of stuff, you know, and everyone was really good. I mean, all the press was really good. Uh, at least when I talked to them, they, they really appreciated that we had the scientific approach and stuff. And yes, well, we uh, can, and you know, I, yeah, I will say this, Leon, um, you represented the Bigfoot world very well in that kind very of well. main, in, in the mainstream media, obviously, Thanks. you know, like you, you're on a rock station, you're on a local whatever Classic like, country yeah yeah like you know whatever remote station they have out there in canada that you know not remote that's national both those radio stations are national <laughs> no yeah you did no you did you did great man it you know it kind of reminds me like you know whenever i hear meldrum uh like have to like you know be in front of people and talk about the bigfoot world against people against like i'm not saying against but talking to people who are not in the Bigfoot world, he always makes them curious. Meldrum does. He makes them curious about the Bigfoot world. They don't go, oh, that's that's BS. It's all bears and misidentification. And I would say that you had uh, that similar effect uh, like Meldrum does. So to for you to talk to media, uh, you, you actually made them curious 
which is okay again that's how we pull people in right like well the funny thing too is even though know? i was on, on the uh classic rock channel uh they interviewed me first for about six minutes so they played that interview but then mm. they discussed it for about four hours live with people phoning in whether Sasquatch was real or not in the Okanagan Valley. Now that was interesting because we, I got a lot of information right across the valley of what, what people's perspective of, uh, of yes, right there you know, in that area, which, yes. I, which I couldn't have gotten any other way, you know? So it was neat to hear the percentage of people mm -hmm. compared to the ones who weren't too sure. And the ones that just thought it was garbage and all that kind of stuff. And then because the uh, DJs were, stellar enough to be one's the devil's advocate and the other one's the believer and the uh, the female who is the believer oh, what's her name nicole i think uh she uh, she because oh, leon didn't say that <laughs> he didn't say that <laughs> you know so she's right. i mean it was there was a lot of levity and when i first did the interview with them i was I, they started talking to me and i hardly had any sleep that night so i was very scientific in that and they so with, they were interviewing me recording me and they said we got to stop leon i said okay and they says uh, we got to make this a little more a little more lively. You're very smart. You're very scientific. But you know this is going on first thing in the morning till almost noon. So we have to have a lot of levity. And I said, okay, totally gotcha. Let's go. And then that yeah. was when, what you heard, Pat, was that that interview part, the second yeah. one. So, yeah. But then, and then no. it was like, oh, I just bagged that. I didn't get any sleep that night before that interview. So and it was well, at seven a.m. in the morning, first thing. Uh, what can I say? Oh. Well, I mean, I I think you could be trusted to represent the uh, the Sasquatch phenomenon is what I call it. Like yeah. that's that's always how I refer to it. You know, not you just say you know Sasquatch phenomena. It's there. It, it you know, but we don't know what it is. We don't we don't claim to know you know what it is. We have our ideas, and they're all over the map. Obviously, yeah, but uh, but you you did a great job, and Thanks. uh, yeah, so Thanks for I, that extra 10 minutes of extra plug PR you just did for it on your show, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, well, I am, you know, I better get going, see you guys. <laughs> it's, a, it's an on, it's another on air ad. I see, yeah. I stuck it in there, so yeah, everybody go check out Leon at Bigfoot Okanagan. And his media and the uh, press that he did about that uh, whole moneymaker thing was uh, actually phenomenal. It's like it's he knocked it out of the park. Oh, I, lo I love seeing you're obviously drinking whiskey again or or something like uh, it was well, okay. <laughs> I'll take the call. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I'm gonna wrap it up, guys. Uh, we're like uh, two and a half hours, and. Uh, <laughs> Even though we, I mean, hell, we got a good live viewership right now. But let's just go around the panel. I will start with Steve. So uh, final thoughts. What do you think these things are? Like, what's going on? When are we going to see a Bigfoot? Whatever. So. <laughs> um, what I think they are is mostly uh the well the creatures that you're seeing sitting on the panel right here they have, as, as far as we observe they have hands like us they have feet like us they have faces like us uh there there are, there are things that say they're closer to genus homo than anything else that's currently alive all right fair enough brent what do you think I think uh, I I don't know, but I hope to find out. Mm. 
and I'm okay with that. You know, that's okay. Yeah. Oh, that, okay, that's just way too smart. Like, just, yeah, that was yeah. the perfect this answer. Was my homeboy. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I really don't know. It's, uh, it's a mystery that I, I'm fascinated by, and I just hope to find out. You know, hope to find out. Yeah, me too, brother. Leon, uh, what do you think? Other than um, moose, offspring, hybrids, um, what do you think? I don't know what they are either. I'm, I'm, I'm Brent's camp too. I know that there's something hairy, like my grandmother was. <laughs> Rome in the bush, <laughs> but uh, as far as that, no, I don't know anything about them. I don't know what they are. That's why I want to see one again, so I'll have a better. After I see one again, I'll have a much, much better understanding what we're. I think we'll be dealing with. I hope they have a higher sense of conscience availability to them. I hope when I look into their eyes, they don't look. At, they don't have the eyes of the wildness. They have the wild yeah, I, eyes of intelligence. And I've that's looked what I'm, that's what I'm more, the most curious about is that there, what's yeah. in their eye. Yeah. As they, I see that, I'll know if they're consciously aware. So, yeah. I, and for, you know, from everything I hear, uh, I've never seen one, but from the people who I know who have seen one, it, it seems to be a more like higher intelligence. Going <laughs> on. So, so I'll, I'll just interject that into your comment. But um, so Daniel, what about you? Uh, what do you, what do you think? Where, uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel Benoit. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Everybody was starting to freeze up on me there for a second. Come on, Daniel, Come on, yeah. Daniel. Daniel man. Daniel got us on No, I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> no, everybody froze up on me. Everybody was, I don't know, it's messing up on my end for some reason. Uh, Sorry. No, no, I don't know. I don't know what was going on. I couldn't really hear you guys talk. So, uh, but uh, no, if you guys are asking, what do I, yeah, what do I think they are? Uh, in my honest opinion, I've, my opinion is that I believe they're simply just an unclassified primate of some sort, you know, waiting to be officially discovered. Uh, you know, we're, we're really never going to know until unfortunately, nobody likes to hear this until there's a body to study and analyze. So, um, but, you know, I, again, a lot of people don't like hearing that, but I think uh, it's just a matter of time, maybe, but but I just think, yeah, I mean, either you know, people want to think they're human or non-human, we either way, if you know, if they think they're human or a type of people, I mean, we're considered primates. So, you know, I just think they're undiscovered, unclassified primate of some sort. Yeah. Um, and then again, you know, there's a lot of similarities, a lot of similar behaviors and traits that we could compare to other species of non-human primates. That are, there's a lot of similarities involved. So, um, but okay. yeah, that's that's the way I look at it. So. And uh, since I'm still talking, I'm going to throw out there, mark your calendars, June 26th and June 27th for the annual Virginia Bigfoot Conference. Happened right here in Virginia. Yes. So, Yeah, that's going to be it's fun. It's going down. Yeah. And you can get a free membership to go to that if you do what, Daniel? If you do oh, what? Yeah. yeah. How can you get them for free? Oh, no. That was your post. If Today we, you did a if post. We, yeah, well, yep. If we, reach, members, if we reach 5,000 members. members by March 25th, yeah, I think I'm freezing up again. 
Yeah, no, you're fine. If you guys have a thousand members in our ECBRO Facebook group, yeah. Um, ahead, yeah, everybody gets free admission. So. Everybody. That's 5,000 people get free so, admission. I don't know. It's going to be a hell of a show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's definitely froze up now. Yeah, he's a little froze up now. Hold on. Glad your health is okay, Brent, by the way. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yes, he, he healthy. I, I, I was trying a different angle here. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> my wife, my Wi-Fi is messing up. I don't know. I got good signal, but somehow it's messing up on my end for some reason. Well, that that's okay. Um, so, man, thanks for being here, everybody. Like you guys, it's always such a great discussion. And wow, I love that we opened up a can of worms to actually do another show. Um. Uh, which uh, I, I'm very opinionated on, actually, but because uh, I do have a different angle, and we will do that show. Uh, I don't know, maybe next week. We'll see. Uh, but like, thank you, thank you for being here tonight and uh, chiming in and and talking squash and and wow, we talked uh, like a little bit of like you know how to like survive in the woods and. Just a, a good diverse conversation. At least how to survive the woods. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, like how, how not to get into a position where you need to survive in the woods, like less Stroud style, you know. Um and yeah, I just thank you guys for being here. We we still have people watching. Man, I'd love to carry the show on, but I, I gotta wrap it up. And uh good. Leaves them with an appetite for the next one. Yeah, and we and we are we we if we want to you know talk about things that we started and cracking there you know towards the end of this episode, that's going to be an interesting show for sure. Well, so, I like to make too because I noticed that Brett and Steve were actually interacting with people in the chat, which was really nice to see. I was trying to figure out how are you guys doing that because I can't do it other than I guess I have to open another window and then put yeah, it on. We, on oh, I, I have a tablet. I have a tablet that I just use with the sound down. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I have a wife on the other end of the house. <laughs> well, if you're like me, I'm on my phone. If you hit chat, you could go through. Like I'm on, yeah, on my phone. If you hit chat on your phone, I don't know what you're on, uh, Leon, but but I can't uh, write a comment down. That's the thing is where those guys. Uh, right. You so have to have a, a separate window open. Obviously, with the audio is not. See, so you guys taught me something new. I didn't know. Now I can do what you guys are doing because I think it's great when the when the guests are actually talking to the people watching, that's a great little idea. So yeah. hope you guys have a nice week and stuff, by the way, Steve, I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully. Yeah. In the near future. Yeah. We'll all, all talk right. soon. Everyone enjoy like, their adventures. <laughs> absolutely. Right, absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks guys so much for coming I'll on tonight. Uh, this was, I know it was kind of on the fly and uh, each and every one of you jumped in on the fly. Uh, tonight, and uh, I appreciate that more than you know. We'll plan for next week. Uh, I would love to pick up where we left off with some of the things we were talking about, especially my different angle, you know. So, uh, like that interests me. So, uh, yeah, me thanks too. to everybody for watching tonight. Thanks, panel, for being here, Steve, Brent, Leon. Daniel, who's my buddy, that's why I, I could joke with him about you know things earlier, and uh, 
And yeah, we'll 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 do it again next week. Thanks guys for tuning in. And this is Squatch Talk. Good night. Alrighty. Whoop whoop. Woo whoop. <laughs> All right. Good night, guys. Night, Daniel. Bye. Bye. Bye.